it's good, good. fantastic. That's good to hear. Yes. Uh, Worth every penny. Oh, good. Yeah. And more and more. Like, yeah. I've already gotten about 70, 80 hours out of it. Holy fuck. Nice. Yeah. And private servers, dude. Does it have already private server stuff? Well, they actually, when you open up the game, yeah. right on the main menu is a guide about how to set up your own private server. Yo, okay. It's fantastic. That's really I already good. have the dedicated server, like, thing on my Steam, so all I gotta do is launch that, and then you guys can join. So oh, that's how me and sick. Aiden have done it. That's awesome. Yeah. That's really good. Um, now I do the thing. Oh, what? And then I here and I go over here and And right now, since I'm kind of in the end game ish area right. <clears throat> or like levels, I'm actually just building a team now. Oh cool. Just of the pals that I really like. Yeah, yeah. Makes sense. There's breeding, of course. Of course. Yeah. And whenever you breed so like pals can have uh like little uh passive traits and stuff. Mm-hmm. And if you breed two together, there's a higher chance of passing it on to the next one. Mm-hmm. Okay. <clears throat> so you go around, catch wild ones and looking for a good trait, and then um, you breed them to uh, put them all onto, you know, an offspring, and then you build that one up from level one. Right. That makes sense. You can also um, upgrade their stats with an item called Pal Soul. Uh, oh, <laughs> you use pal souls. Uh, there are small, medium, and large pal souls, mm -hmm. and um, you also have the pal essence condenser, which is basically a blender that <laughs> makes a protein shake out of pals that you uh, then feed to the other pal. That makes sense. There you it's go. It's great. <laughs> Not only are you treating them as slave labor, you're also making them into soylent green. Yes, <laughs> but only, only for, <clears throat> it's only for the parents, you know, the, the parents and like the children, they have to eat their other, you know, so like, you know, if I, if I'm breeding a whole bunch mm -hmm. together and I, if it takes a long time to mm -hmm. get the mixed stats that I want, mm -hmm. um, all the failures get blended. Ah, <laughs> oh, of course. Yes. It's not actually a blender, but it basically <laughs> yeah, no, I gotcha. I gotcha. <laughs> I need to open up watch together. Yeah, you're good. It's um, very fun. I can't wait for you to play and join. Yeah, I I hope to at some point soon. I'm thinking this week I'll have more time and more energy because it's been less <clears throat> hectic recently, and I'm getting closer to um having shit down. <laughs> basically, That's good. yeah, it's it's Ooh. been nice. Um, uh, real quick, I'm gonna step away because I need to um. I just need to put a food yeah. back in the fridge yeah, yeah. before it Go gets for it. too warm. Go for it. Fast travel. Okay. Yes. Yeah, we'll right. see what this is about. I'm Yeah. All right. I'll be right back. Uh, yep. Uh, why does my internet decide that it wants to fluctuate? Signal. Oh, Peter, what's the wind speed? Oh, okay. So it's not the wind. Hmm. Okay. 
Weird. I don't know what's causing me to have less bandwidth, right? It's fun. Shouldn't, but not that it will be noticed on the stream. It's just going to be that we're going to take some time to respond to things every now and then. Because I still have half of my bandwidth, basically. Mm. Strange. Let's see if I can find something in the background or something. Or something. My Hello, Draco Kraken. How are you doing? That running in the uh, nothing is taking a shit ton of anything. Why is my Soft edge open in the background. Stop it. Okay. I guess I will just keep being like that. Whatever. Okay. Let's see. Like, none of my stuff is working right. I don't understand. No, it, it's it's working. It's just not. Feels like it's not updating correctly or something. It's weird. Anyway, we will be back shortly. Stepped away to go put some food away. I am going to. Do a okay. thing. Okay, welcome back. Thank you. Well, uh, site can't be read. Oh, cool. <laughs> Ooh. What's going on? Hey, there's that thing. Trying to. Oh, maybe it's. Yeah, that's what it is. Oh, shit! I didn't want to kill it. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it. That was a really rare one. Oh. <laughs> uh, oh, well. I don't actually really need him. I just wanted him because it's yeah. like, oh, hey, he's rare. Yeah, I guess you. I am trying well, to see. One of I the can... things that's really interesting is that there are obviously some really powerful pals in it, mm -hmm. in the game, and they're very rare, and you can only find them at, like, high levels in a very particular place. Mm -hmm. But if you don't want to have to do that, you can actually breathe them by breeding two unrelated pals together oh interesting yeah it's very neat okay so then there's like it's like a zero percent chance that you're gonna not find something it's yeah like, pretty much yeah that's nice that's yes good. well today welcome by the way hello out there and welcome back to table talk discussion and discourse I, as always, am your host, Alejo, a.k.a. Great on 95 I'm your second host tonight, 
and uh, I'm playing the funny haha Pokemon slave labor game. That's right. Um, Very fun. Yeah. Um, the uh, what was it? Welcome to season five. Oh my god, it's our fifth year starting. Weird. Disgusting. Weird. Yep. Show's five years. Well, four years old technically. About going to be five after this year's past, I suppose. Uh, I don't know. Does it? No, it's like the first. Yeah, because when you have your birthday, you're, you know, however many years old because you've existed for that long. So yeah, it would be that we're five years old now for the show. Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> okay. Yeah. So fuck it. We're five years old. Sick. <laughs> yeah. Um. <laughs> uh. It's okay, boo. I'm playing the haha monsters with guns game. Yes. There you go. It, dude, it's so fun. <laughs> there you go. I uh I tried I don't know if you know of Entrouded. Uh-huh. Yeah, I tried that. I have heard I've seen that that is doing very well and it, it is, looks very cool. It is pretty cool. Um gliding is sick. Mm -hmm. Um magic is pretty okay so far. Mm -hmm. Um I like the I like the skill tree thing that it has, um, but uh, I I kind of wish that it had not just a single map, I guess, like it, it had mm. stuff that you could do like a procedural map or something, but I can understand. Uh, yeah. It is early access and it just, you know, came out recently, so. Yeah. I mean, um, hell, they may release new maps in the future. I know the arc yeah, did that. Yeah, exactly, right? Um. But, you know, Sorry to mention the game that should not be spoken of. No, it's fine to mention because <laughs> you can laugh at it. Uh, <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, it, uh, it it's pretty neat. Um, I good. hope it continues to do well and it doesn't get like abandoned. You know? Yeah, no, because like I saw it and it looks fucking awesome. Yeah, it's cool. With the actual like, it it feels much more like a survival RPG. Yes, very which much is very so. appealing. Very much so, it is. Um, fucking gliding is sick. Uh, mm -hmm. It's just gliding. It, this has gliding too. <laughs> right, exactly. Gliding will never not be sick to me. I really yeah. like gliding. One of the skills mm -hmm. you can get in the tree for Entrouded is uh, you use 120 mana and you can get an updraft like once every flight. So you can cool. extend your glide a little bit, which is nice. Um mm. You can't really do, like, a dive into a climb, you know, which is unfortunate, but it's mm. fine. Um, it's still really cool to just dive into places. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Oh, my God. How long are these? Okay, thank you. <laughs> um, but uh, what is it? I think that it also needs um, some cutscenes. I think that... Like, it feels like a game that should have some things of, like, oh, you found this thing. Whoa. Mm -hmm. You know? Because it, it does, it looks good. It's got a big, you know, map and everything. And it's uh, fun to do things all around. But, like, the grandiose feeling of, oh, I discovered something is not really there for me. Mm. Um, even when I go find, like, a secret chest and it's like, oh, look, this is a thing. And I'm like, oh, neat. Um when and that's pretty this... much all there is to it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Fucking, I I fought one of the, like, or a boss fight um, mm -hmm. that was against this first thing that was down in, like, one of the uh, Eternity Wells, I think they're called. I don't know. Mm -hmm. 
and um, it was kind of boring. <laughs> ah, shame. <laughs> like it was just like ah, it it died. Oh, okay. Yeah, you know. Um, yeah, that's kind of the thing with survival games. They don't tend to have that kind of like dopamine of beating a boss. Well, it kind of just oh, the fight's over. Yeah, for that one, it's unfortunate. Um, I, I mean, I even hope... in this, even in this, when you're fighting bosses, because they're also bosses, right? This, right, of course. The fight's just over. Damn. Yeah. Like well, yeah. I mean, yeah. I I know it's it's just I feel like you know um the the thing that you gain from it is like uh destroying like a node or something that gives you a skill point basically and it takes away the shroud in that area right i see which is fine it just does it for that one little section though and mm-hmm. it, i don't know i i feel like i want more uh of a reward than just oh i beat it you know um i guess your reward in that case is essentially the whole area because now you can settle there safely well, you, so that's the other thing. You can't really... You can settle later on once you've done some quests and stuff. You have to start in a certain area, and then you can make mm-hmm. another one somewhere. Um, yeah. But yeah, I suppose it is... But the other thing is, I, I don't know. It's... For that kind of thing, that like one area that I did, it would be a hassle to be there like and ah. live in there. You know, It's mm-hmm. just kind of like a, oh, go down there, do the thing, get out of there. Why would you ever go back? you know yes um but eh, it's it's overall it's good like it's Mm -hmm. overall it's a good game i think it's fine Um, and i imagine it will be even more fun like once you have other people to play with survival games are kind of lonely when you're just playing alone sure yeah 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 um let's see uh hello timothy uh what bad adventures are we talking about well we'll get to those but today we are going to be talking about those as well but first we're going to talk about travel again mm. travel is one of those constant things that always has uh hiccups whenever you're playing any kind of game uh because it can be either something you just pass by with and it doesn't really do anything except to get you from point a to point b or it can take forever or it can be kind of enjoyable you know it, there's many variations it really just depends on what your group likes for the travel aspect and really what you have found works for you, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, how are your mitochondria doing tonight? Well, Lux, they're the powerhouses of my cells, so but I think what they're are, doing great. What are they selling? Well, <laughs> power, obviously. Oh. Yeah. They built the houses for them, so. It's true. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, so... Uh, we are going to be looking at, uh, Dungeon Masterpiece, Baron Von Roop, or something like that, I think is his moniker. Yeah, it's a little weird. I don't remember. Um, maybe he'll say it again and I will forget. Uh, Mm. but, um, this is fast travel in D&D. Keep it interesting. It's only a six and a half minute video. Um, Mm. and, you know. I I just want to know how he how will have us be interesting. Yeah, doing travel fast, you know. Mm. So here we go. Oh, I I got a red bean mochi for the show today. Yo, nice. I can't have that. <laughs> I've tried those before. I'm not a huge fan. Oh yeah. Yeah. 
I've never, I've never had any of like the red bean stuff. I really want to try them, but at the moment, mm. you know, keto. So. Uh. <laughs> Good evening, Dungeon Masters. I'm Baron DeRop. Systems or procedures for overland travel can sometimes feel overly tedious or even throw off the rhythm of our game sessions. Furthermore, sure. players may decide all on their own that the risks associated with hiking through the wilderness and enduring random encounters just isn't worth the reward. Sure. Even if we want to take the lead from typical video games fast travel systems, the implied education fast traveling offers us seldom highlights the ramifications of using highways, trade winds, or other travel infrastructure which could make the fast traveling more interesting. Fucking Silt Strider? Yo, I like yeah, that. Yeah, it was. I like yeah. the call out. For sure. Um, yeah, this this is interesting. So I, I thought it was just going to be like um, quickly traveling and such, not specifically fast travel. Yeah. Um, the system. So mm -hmm. interesting uh, things uh, with that could be like, um, I guess you know we're gonna get into costs of course right now but like it costs a certain amount to fast travel but along the way maybe you could do encounters i suppose or something well i mean uh, if you want to have the the most the closest equivalent to fast travel it's essentially just teleportation so just have well, teleportation yeah. circles in cities yeah exactly because like that's the easiest way and you just make it cost of like oh you go to the wizards guild or whatever and they're like oh you want to go to over there okay yeah yeah we have a and i mean there. hell that's a good way for them to make money and the other the other thing you could do is have it become like a quest line of we don't have a thing here can you mm -hmm. go there so that and like and take one of us so that we can make a system here, you know? Mm -hmm. Um and you can have them actively be a part of creating that kind of system for the world. Mm -hmm. Um so but the the thing that I can see also is like, well, why you know, we just go back and forth and just pop 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 pop. Like mm -hmm. it, I guess your campaign is going to be more focused on cities. Unless, mm -hmm. of course, you have quests that you got to go outside of the city to go do stuff, of course. But yeah. if your characters, or sorry, if your players don't need to, then mm -hmm. it's like, well, I guess we're just doing highly focused city stuff, which is fine. Yes. Nothing, nothing wrong with that. Um, you just got to be prepared. Mm -hmm. Uh, let's see. Uh, oh, this person, I remember him. Yes, he's hit or miss. Sometimes he's okay. Uh. Mm -hmm. When you can, when you can, red bean is so good, dude. Fair enough. Um, he kind of looks like Professor DM's younger brother, <laughs> a little bit. Yeah, but he's like, significantly less bad from my yes. from my re recollection. Yes, I think you're right. Uh, it's kind of like Jeff Bezos' younger brother or older brother. <laughs> I don't remember which one. I don't know. Uh, good way to spend your party's excessive money they don't need in five E. Yes, very much yes. so. I incorporating ways to spend that is for sure a better thing to do in 5e yeah mm. a party who blazes their own trail through the wilderness will obviously be under threat from the denizens therein therefore traveling this way forces the party to take physical security into their own hands mm -hmm. owl bears goblins and exposure to the elements Whoa, that was are cool all looking owl bears of things mm -hmm. the players might have to contend with out in the wilderness but what about the patrolled roads that connect two towns together surely the players can avoid almost all these dangers if the highways are taken oddly enough in our modern society frontier crime is nearly non-existent mm. highway bandits are virtually unheard of and discussing the risk of an owl bear attack will only get you laughed at by patrolling law enforcement <laughs> 
Um, I, I was going to say um, something that I do like seeing a lot uh, and I, I should incorporate more in my stuff is um, traveling on roads that are protected by the kingdom, you know, mm-hmm. or whatever, whoever's in charge of the land. They have patrolling guards basically to, to secure the roads. Mm-hmm. Um, it's something that like really actually says a lot because if you have that in one area and not in another area it really says a lot about the the rulership you know like Mm -hmm. oh this king doesn't really care as much about this place as the other king does you know yeah why do people live under him is it because of fear more so or why a bastard is he yeah exactly um and like having those kinds of implications is another way to just have that world building just from having guards on the road you know Mm -hmm. um so let's do that more everybody do it it's good (laughs) however in a world where goblins brigands dire beasts and perhaps even dragons are real and constant threats paved roadways will be marketedly more expensive to use an organized baggage train on paved roads might cost as much as 250 gold per day caravan masters have to pay for tolls mercenary guards and fees for fresh horse exchanges, and stops at various inns and roadhouses along Mm. the way. Sure, the risk of experiencing dangerous random encounters might become dramatically reduced, but that reduction will be reflected in the price of transport. Alternatively, suppose a share of that 250 gold to travel as few as 25 miles a day is too expensive for your players to pay, especially if they're near a seaport. A ship's passage, according to the 5 ESRD, starts pegged at 5 silver a mile meaning sailing at top speed for a full day would cost 300 gold and cover about 600 miles, assuming the destination is coastal and downwind. But these disparate traveling networks, trade winds and highways, and their respective costs and benefits is where the geopolitics of traveling starts to rear its head. If goblins or bandits on the roadway are one problem, then thieves, pickpockets, and thugs on the docks are another. When combat breaks out, especially if your players are traveling on the road or disembarking from your port, you might need a quick battle map to run the encounter. And that's where this video sponsor, Describe, is here to help. Describe doesn't just offer a database containing thousands of colorful, well-crafted scenes or NPCs, but also provides detailed encounter maps like this airship hangar or this roadside camp all laden with immersive detailed descriptions i didn't even know this was a thing that described did. i thought it was just descriptions okay mm. wow i've learned a thing today these mm. describe is still good and better than i thought cool Tools like these are great when you want to lighten your cognitive load, but keep your players engaged with interesting aspects of the game world. Check out Describe's link in the description below and use the coupon code BARON when you sign up to get 10% off. Now back to the video. Coined by Austin School geopolitician Roger Baker, the three R's oh of pop geopolitical analysis are roots, resources, and relationships. Sure. The various methods of transportation characters might interact with coincidentally touch on all three of these aspects. Unfortunately, however, they're totally unconsidered when we simply fast travel from one location to the next. Yeah. Organized people in different geographies must contend with the kinds of routes they can build and operate in order to transport tradable resources, as well as maintain relationships with nearby societies that have those resources yeah this is the whole grander world building thing that you got to do if you want to get you know in depth um Mm. of what does everybody have available who wants what 
how are they going to get it? Are they going to be peaceful about it or are they going to go to war about it? You know, mm-hmm. um, the between each road or do they even have roads? Do they have to forge their own path? You know, mm-hmm. um, are they in the process of building these roads? Um, so many things to consider um, if you want to get super detailed about it. Um, and yeah, I can see fast travel. It just kind of fucking negates that entirely for a lot of things um yeah in that case like if we have our example of the wizards guild does the teleportation do they pay a fee or does everybody pay a fee to them in order to use that teleportation to get goods and everything through you know you you'd have to right it'd become that kind of toll or or uh import export tax really Mm. um which then makes the wizards way more profitable uh which is good for them, but maybe that's like not so good for the the people uh, of the city or the the kingdom itself. Maybe they have a higher tax bracket that they have to now pay. You know, like you then have to think about that of like, oh, how do we keep them in line when they mm. have the ability to make so much fucking money? Yeah, you know, and when they just have so much power. Exactly, exactly. Because hell, if they get angry, they could just cut off the fucking uh, travel. Mm -hmm. just be like no you're not allowed fuck you yeah so it's like how do we balance um an actual lord with like Mm -hmm. a lord who's not necessarily magical with fucking wizards (laughs) Mm -hmm. saying hey wizard do what i need you to do and pay me (laughs) when the wizard can go all right i'll just take my fucking portal over here fuck it i'm not i mean i think you would just need to um essentially just set it up where it's more like a uh, what is the what's the spell that you have to inscribe on the ground and it takes place over like years uh, teleportation circle i believe that you yeah. just make it one of those so that way it's like here you go install install one of these <laughs> and yeah. then you know you kind of can't you know all you can do is restrict access to it you can't like get rid of it well so you could i mean if you destroyed it right but um re- restricting access is as simple as um this is the like you you come up with oh this is like the rune that's a part of this thing and that's the one that you need in order to actually go between things you know mm-hmm. um and then it's just like well i'm just not going to give you that anymore or i'm going to change it cuz fuck you you know yeah see the problem then is like okay you're going to try to take away our you want to take away our guns that's you know, right. we're, we're just going to fucking kill you well yeah i mean well it, it's the, that's because the thing, you don't right? need a wizard to cast the spell to move between them. I don't think. Uh, or teleportation circle. I'm not sure. Let me check. Yeah. Let me actually check. I'm not sure. Um, not to mention there would of course be ones that are a bit more loyal to the people. Oh, that of course. Need to use them. Of course. I'm just thinking of you know the the thing the scenarios that you need to think of right instead exactly, of the ones yes. where instead of the ones where everything's okay. Mm -hmm. (laughs) um because you gotta think of the bad stuff you gotta um let's see uh you can as you cast the spell you draw 10 foot blah 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 blah. portal in five feet you can create a permanent teleportation circle by casting a spell in the same location every day for a year you need uh not use the circle to teleport when you cast the spell this in this way Okay. So you still need to cast the spell. Okay. Yeah. So you still need a wizard to go with you, actually. 
Like, you need to hire a wizard to teleport you everywhere, basically. Damn. Um, that's what it seems like. Under unique sigil sequence, a string of magic runes arranged in a particular pattern. Uh, you learn the sigil sequences for two destinations on the material plane determined by the GM. You learn additional sequences during your adventures. You commit a new sequel sigil, sigil sequence to memory after studying it for one minute. Yeah. So it, in no way does it say, oh, you, you don't even, you just have to. You can to, just do it. You can yeah, just okay. do it if there's a circle. Um, yeah. But you have to cast the spell. Yes. Um. So, yeah, that's a that's a way to super limit it of like, oh, you need to go somewhere? Well, I don't want to go anywhere. So, <laughs> cool. <laughs> so, the, basically, wizards are flight attendants. Yeah, they're the pilots and the flight attendants and everything. They're just like... Although, I'm pretty yeah. sure they don't have to go with you. They can just stand outside the they circle, might... cast the spell, and then poof, you're gone. Yeah, that might that might. Work. I think that's more what it is. Yeah, probably. Probably is how I would go for it, for sure. Yeah. Um. Because they're just like, eh, fuck it. <laughs> yeah, because, oh, I mean, what what happens when you run out of wizards and they've all gone to the other <laughs> one? That's right. Yeah, that's right. You fair. know, they've all gone to the next city over because everybody <laughs> wanted to go over there for fucking, I don't know, sandwich day. Well, yeah, exactly. Well, hey, that's a good thing of like, oh, all the wizards have left for like a convention. <laughs> you know, no one can use. <laughs> they're all in the anime convention. <laughs> <laughs> no one can use the fucking teleportation portals. Fuck. God damn these fucking weebs. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah let's see um i've all gone to the anime convention in hell <laughs> in <Yeah>. this <laughs> Woo! <laughs> uh you can also travel with a caravan or even hire one on uh as a guard for a caravan oh hire on mm -hmm. as a guard for a caravan yes for sure yes. that's another thing for sure um but then you're you're more of a target right because mm. caravans are usually good to to steal from yes Fiddler and anything from War Tales. It's if I go after the caravan, I can steal all your shit and then mm -hmm. sell it. Um, but it's dangerous. Uh, if the troopers laugh at me for being attacked by an owl bear, I would be pissed. Fair. Uh, never mind the wizards. It's the druids you should worry about. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. That's fair. Uh, I'm trying to do travel dynamics in my lore, but it's got a bunch of moving parts. My money guilds being totally wild and unchecked is part of that. Fair enough. Hello, Pizza Funk. Um, I would be willing to bet that the Diablo supplement for 3.5 had town portal scrolls. Oh, probably. Every, everything that I would imagine they would just be like, oh yeah, fuck it. Why not? Yeah. Um, but yeah. In a nutshell, roads won't connect locations together unless those roads reflect interrelated economic and societal interests. Further, there may be political reasons roads don't exist at all, even where it mm. seems obvious they should. The Soviet Union only allowed major highways to be built from each of their satellite capital cities into Moscow and forbid those satellites from building complex highway systems among each other. Building infrastructure that would allow Soviet bloc satellites to develop strong economic connections independent of Soviet authority was perceived by the USSR as a threatening prospect. Right. Therefore, competing factions in our fantasy settings might have their own disparate and competing travel networks in order to keep their constituent subgroups interconnected or oh. resist the influence of competition. Yeah, so you have like a guard, guards that patrol these routes, and if mm. they see somebody, they're like, hey, do you have the pass? Yes. You know? So it's like, oh, oh shit, you know? Uh, but you like, you 
look over at like five, ten feet away, there's another road. Hey, do you have my pass? You know, yeah. like, they're just, <laughs> you know, worst. it's just the worst kind of worst fucking world. It's fucking literally 1984, brother. <laughs> like fucking, I can't even use my road without my road license. <laughs> oh God. You got a telly license. Exactly. <laughs> But no, that's or it. In, that's... Uh, Monty Python, you got a cat license and a fish yeah. license. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. Great. Um, so, but no, I like that idea of just like, oh, you can't use this road unless you are approved. You know, because mm-hmm. you are God, a part that of like a fucking nightmare. Oh yeah, it would be. Isn't that sick? <laughs> <laughs> it really would limit travel for like uh uh parties because it's just like, oh fuck. Well, we need fuck, to go. I don't have my pass. Yeah, we need to go here, and I forgot my fucking easy pass in the car. Shit. You know? <laughs> I left it in my other trousers. Shit. I left uh, it in my other armor. <laughs> that means we have to go through the woods, man. Damn. Fuck. Gotta go all the way around. Wouldn't it be funny if it was like, oh man, you can't use this road. Step off like 10 feet (laughs) and just fucking smirk at the guards like, son of a bitch. That's right. Then an owlbear comes out of the woods and the guard's like, well, (laughs) you're off the road. There's nothing I can do. I can't do anything for you. I'm just going to go this way. (laughs) I have to guard the Uh, road, not the forest. Yeah, exactly. When it comes to the road. I'll take care of it, but You're, right now I, I fucking got you, fam. And if you get on the road, I'm gonna stab you, okay? Because you don't have your license. I also got you, fam, <laughs> just in a different way. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. As another example, feudal Japanese sailing vessels were allowed to come and go to any Nippon seaport. However, only Dutch foreigners were allowed to land at the port of Nagasaki for nearly 400 years. Mm. No other foreigners were allowed to land anywhere else in Japanese territory. Therefore, player characters might have to navigate the interests of multiple factions in order to conduct a fast travel efficiently. Player characters who wish to travel on roads might have to pay fees to frontier sheriffs and baggage train masters, while at other times seeking fare on disconnected sailing vessels. The obvious wrinkle here, then, is that fast traveling via sailing ships uses a different traveling network and therefore has different managing factions. Mm -hmm. Further, river barge operators might have turf wars with caravan drivers, sailing ship captains, and the port authorities where all these different fast travel transportation networks interconnect. In order to avoid all that drama entirely, however, player characters may get on the good side of a mage's guild who can grant access to a network of teleportation circles. There we go. However, the instantaneous (laughs) travel and access to powerful spellcasters might cost the party as much as 500 gold or more per use. All these different forms of transportation, the caravans, sailing vessels, teleportation circles, or even more weird and creative ones like the airship jellyfish from Morrowind, all build overlapping travel networks dungeon masters can leverage for quest hooking or adding depth to our game world while yeah. still facilitating fast traveling. In essence, take a few moments to think about how the various communities in your game world move resources amongst themselves and what factions control the infrastructure to move those resources and what relationships the party needs to maintain just to have access to them. If you'd like to help me make more content like this in the wow. future, please oh, consider wow, supporting fast. me yeah. on Patreon or becoming a channel <laughs> member. Very Thanks good. for watching Dungeon yeah, Masters. I was gonna until say. next time, good night. That's uh I mean that's a good video. 
Damn it, I fucking know. I remembered now that he's got like the fucking perfect smile emoji smile. Yeah, yeah he does. Yeah, he's <laughs> he's the smiley guy, for sure. Yeah, he's for the sure. smile emoji. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, there's not much more that you can say. Because like, overall, what fast travel itself, uh, traveling in general itself does, is mm. it, it makes you have to think more broadly about everything. Because, yes. the, like, people need to go from place to place. People need to have things because, you know, some place might have a, an abundance of wood and another place might have an abundance of stone and another place mm -hmm. might have an abundance of sheep and we're playing Catan now. Yes. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> and you need to trade them so that you can keep building that infrastructure and keep expanding the cities and everything. And then you have territory wars because... Oh, you're expanding too far this way, and we claim this place because it's our birthright, or it's and, our divine right, or, you know, and anything. And now you're getting into legit geopolitics and shit. Yes, exactly. So you have to start thinking about how each of these factions are going to interact and everything because of as something as simple as a rock. Yes. <laughs> you know? Which is, it's fascinating. It's it's good to have as, like, a, a foundation um, mm -hmm. because it's the it's the only way that... I mean, it's not the only way. It's just a really good way. It's the way. only way. It's the only way. Uh, it's a really good way for you to start fleshing out your world if you have something very basic, you know? Mm -hmm. um, I have a place that's in the forest. Oh, I have a place that's in a desert, too. Hmm. You know? Uh, maybe they need the wood from the forest because they need to build things. No, actually. Actually, wait a minute. No, they don't because they use like the adobe kind of structure so that they can keep cool in the desert you know oh and then it's like oh but do other places need that too do they need mm -hmm. wood you know like all that do they get enough wood from the scarce amount of like it's deserts aren't fully deserts most of the time so like do they actually have enough wood that they can sustain themselves on do they have a, a program in fact to mm -hmm. create, you know, trees and stuff so that they don't just use it all. Like, are they responsible? You know? Yes. And then you have that kind of implication of how are these cities run? Because yes. they need to survive on their own. If they don't get a shipment, shipment of whatever they need, how does that, like, do they have a backup plan? You know, all that mm -hmm. kind of stuff, right? Yeah. It's it, it's a rabbit hole that you can just keep going down and down it and really down. It really is. And it's Honestly, really that's fun. one of the rabbit holes. Uh, it's a good it's a good term for that. Um, it's one of the mm. rabbit holes that I never really dive down into when I'm building my world. Yeah, that's fair. Um, because man, there's so much oh, to consider. Yeah. Oh, because absolutely. you're like the thing is, you know, you talk about world building, and everybody kind of knows what that means. Right. But sometimes they kind of forget what that entails. Oh yeah. If you go that far, because yeah. what you're doing is literally reconstructing society as a whole. Yes. Exactly. Which has taken thousands of years to develop. Yes. And now you're basically being like, you're effectively being asked to just re recollect and redistribute that in your own world. Yes. Like piecemeal. Which, which is why, you know, having historical references is good so that you can, you know, base some things off of that so that you can have an idea, you know, because mm -hmm. we have so much history that we can use, uh, especially mm -hmm. if you're basing it in a pseudo medieval period. You know, you can mm -hmm. kind of go, oh, what did they do for, for trade? What did they do for their roads? You know, and um, 
then you have to now think of, oh, there's also magic. Oh, there's also these other resources that you can get from creatures that didn't exist there, you know? Like, is that something that they hunt so that they can have something rarer of, like, a luxury good that they sell to people in, in other towns and such? Like, mm-hmm. it's just, it's it's a very fun thought experiment to do. Um, yes. And and it's really fun to just, like, write it all down and kind of work out. It, it, can, it can take up a lot of your time. A lot of your time just trying to figure yeah. all this shit out. But... It also, I mean, at least to me, it also can feel really rewarding of like, mm-hmm. oh, I have now this resource that is connected and is uh, and like not connected to places. And now I have this faction that really doesn't like the other faction because they won't give them this shit. And now I have a mm-hmm. reason for them to now be at war or just uh, uh, an embargo or something, you know, like and and they don't necessarily enjoy people that come from there to go here and oh i have so many things mm-hmm. so you can also base so many quests and such on that of like it just oh, snowballs it really does in such a good way such yes. a good and creative way so yes. um thank you baron you did it yes very good <laughs> yeah very good video to just get the gears turning of like, mm-hmm. oh, this is literally just instead of going on the road and and you know playing moment by moment, oh, no, no. traveling from one place to another is such an implication when mm-hmm. you think about it. You know how how much does it cost? Why can you do that? You know, uh, like uh, and then why do they allow it? It's just uh, all this shit. Why does it cost that much? Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, happily recommend that video. Go fucking like it. <laughs> um let's see uh one idea i have is for Leroy to try and make the money guilds better using his trading experience as like a side plot yeah there you go fair enough um, the money guilds yes he has money guilds in his in his world oh my god so like mm-hmm. effectively like mints where they're you know minting the money uh like that? Or, i don't think or it's is like it people that. who like what oversee like commerce and stuff i think i think yeah i think it's overseeing the commerce and such I believe. okay um you can correct me if, correct me uh timothy since you are the master of your world yes um it's a fun idea oh you are adventurers with the F- uh, fiora guild entry fee is 20 gold maybe you should sign up with the vest guild instead yeah absolutely the it's- vest guild vesk <laughs> Oh, Vesk. Yes. I was to say. A whole yeah. guild based on vests. Yeah, that's right. We wear vests, brother. Nobody else oh, wears vests. nice fucking vests. That's right. <laughs> um, yeah, so... Uh, yeah, it, it, it then also causes, like, the players to see, oh, is it more beneficial to side with this faction than this faction, you know? Like, do mm-hmm. they have more of an extensive network? Do they have more resources? Are they going to pay us better? How do they treat their people, you know? Like... Again, the rabbit hole just keeps going. It's great. Mm-hmm. It's really good. Uh, not sure if he can pull it off, however. Yes, that's fair. Well, I mean, he can still try, you know? Even if he f- fails to do, like, a big thing, he could try and, like, efficiency, or raise the efficiency of some places, you know? Mm. Um, Druids could also be tearing up roads if the kingdom isn't nego- negotiating with them like they should be. I don't think people think about how much chaos druids could cause. Yeah, that's the that's true as well. Druids being fucking hippies. Yeah, absolutely. They're like the PETA of the fantasy world. That's right. (laughs) That would be hilarious. There's so much that you can do with with druids, considering they would 
absolutely more so be on the side of the natural world, right? Of like, mm-hmm. you guys, so traipsing through the woods is dangerous and all, and I get that, but you are destroying the woods when you mm. carve through and put down these roads. And yeah. like, uh, it's not great. You're actually disturbing. We don't like that. You're disturbing. We, deci- <laughs> we decided. We don't like that. We decided. Yeah, there it is. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> you're destroying the territory of the owl bears, and now they're moving into this zone, and now they're fucking overhunting and destroying the population of deer in this zone. You know, like you can and have we that. Eat those. And we eat those. <laughs> we need those. We if there's the oh god, and then you can say we having... love venison. <laughs> it's so good. Um, fucking shame the owl bears thought the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. So then you have, you know, the thing of, oh, now you have tensions between this druid cult and uh, this the, this city um, and this, its leadership. And you also have an ecological uh, disaster that's happening because of mm. the implications of the economical stuff that's going on. Oh, so man. it's again, I said it it's before, very good. I'll say it again. Rabbit hole. It's fucking yes. massive. This thing. It's deep. It's deep. It's you, deep and dark. And, fast. <laughs> and you're never making it out. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's see. Uh, since my world has 50 plus kingdoms, that's a lot of money rules to clean up. Uh, oversee the money, yes, and how much things should cost. There you go. Ah, um, okay. So wouldn't that – I don't mean to – yeah, you know. Um, very fun. But wouldn't that technically be like a coalition of merchant guilds? Because that yeah. would mean that they're kind of all working together yeah, yeah, to yeah. ensure that prices remain competitive. So it's not so much a money guild as it is just a merchant uh, coalition. Yeah, fair enough. I'm sorry, it's just it's just the term got me. Yeah, yeah, all. yeah. No, you're good. You're good. Um, let's see. Uh, I don't mean to nitpick. <laughs> no, I mean it's it's a it's a valid criticism. You're good. I think any little tiny thing is fine. Um, and if you don't want to change it, you don't change it. You're fine. Yeah, exactly. Um, let's see. Buh, 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 buh. Honestly, a guild based on expensive vests wouldn't be unrealistic. True. It yeah, no, very it much so. Yeah. Uh, I mean, for- you have fucking real world guilds effectively yeah. about diamonds and gems. Yes. You exactly. know, De Beer Corporation and shit like that. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, for example, bread may cost three copper in one place and thirty gold in another. Yeah, fair enough. Mm. Uh, I forgot how to spell that word. Oh yeah, you're good. Um, things being cheap in one place and expensive in other places is the basis of trade, and I'd also be paying playing a merchant at this point. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. Having a merchant game is a great idea. Would be fucking awesome. It would be so much fun for sure. If you have something that's extensive enough that can like that you have thought about all this shit for and then the players want to be merchants then it's like oh well there you go you so know now, actually now that we're mentioning that mm-hmm. um because i kind of didn't think of this until now um if you look into traveler the space game yes yeah there are defined rules for uh trading and supply yes. and demand and finding uh sellers and shit nice. like that. Yeah, you yeah. might want to look into that because mm-hmm. they have actual rules in that. Now obviously it's different from D D, right. but just looking at those rules might help you come up with your own like actual defined rules for how to run a merchant style game. Absolutely. Absolutely. If if that's something you wanted to do. Yeah, for sure. Um 
Uh, I've talked about it before. We've talked about it a couple of times, but I, and I don't know how extensive it is. I haven't uh, looked too deep into it because I I only remember the 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 merchant tables, but um, of the uh, business encounters. Excuse me. Uh, hmm. In three point five, in the Dungeon Master's Guide two, there are there is rules for running a business and having it be a business campaign. Of like mm-hmm. these are the things that can happen as random encounters for your business. Um, yes, and it's really fun and really cool. So I would super super recommend looking into that as well, um, because then you can give you some ideas of like what you would see in a day to day potentially. Um, mm-hmm. It's just it's just fun to know that in three point five they were like, so what if the players <laughs> like don't care to go and fight things and they wanted to start a tavern or like a shop <laughs> you know and then it's like and then the 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 people who were making it at the time were just like yeah you know what you son of a bitch i'm in i'm in <laughs> let's make some rules i love making tables brother Fuck yeah dude <laughs> so furniture enthusiast that's right <laughs> so yeah super super look into that as well um but it is what you said, no problem. Oh, for the coalition. Yeah. Uh just a space trader game is something I've wanted. Fair enough, Lux. Yeah. Yeah, dude. Honestly. So yeah. if that's something that you want, look at Traveler. Traveler, yeah, Traveler's good for that. Traveler's good for a lot of things. Mongoose Traveler Second Edition, specifically. Yes, yes, yes. yes. Um Anyway. That was the first video, and man, it went by quick. We yes. haven't even been gone for an hour yet. Yeah. <laughs> Um, that's what happens when it's a good video, unfortunately. Don't but worry, it did... in the time it's taken to, uh, do that, I have been shooting many people and Pokemon. Good. I mean, uh, uh, uh not, not Pokemon. Pals. Yeah, yeah, pals, pals. <laughs> uh, shooting and capturing many pals. Good, good. Yes. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, it, it does, but I will say again, this video is very good for, for inspiring that creativity, for sure. It is, Because yes. once you start thinking about it. Yeah, it's Um, just all downhill from there. Oh, yeah, and it's great. Uh, The IMO is so uniform uh, because they don't want to be like the guilds. A magic potion costs the same everywhere. The IMO makes sure of it. Fair enough. Ah. Um, Ow. Sorry, I'm moving. Uh, You could always play as a group of uh, shrubbers following in the wake of some knights that say the word knee. Yo. (laughs) (laughs) For a second, I was confused, and then I read more. Yeah. <laughs> very true. You could. You very you much could. could. Um, okay. Well, since that was so short, let's just move on to the next video. Yeah. Fuck it. Why not? It's fucking season five, everybody. We're not going to sp- stop at the midpoint. Fuck it. Let's go. Oh, my God. <laughs> at least this point, time. It's only been in, like, an hour. I know. <laughs> at least this time. go for another, like, four. I know. Obviously. So. Ah. So, I found a video. Ooh, okay. This yeah. is fucking weird. Isn't it? So, this is from Deficient Master. Mm-hmm. Uh, nice. Dungeon Master, Deficient Master. Very good. Um, D&D adventures suck. This is why. Here's why. why. Yeah. Which is very interesting. I saw Curse of Strahd on there, on the thumbnail. Ooh, and okay. I was so like, he's talking. Huh. I imagine he's talking more so like... Uh, Maybe 5e stuff specifically. Uh, either a fight or like modules specific right yeah exactly um so i at the moment i have not read 
any really any of the modules in depth i've read curse of strahd a little bit just to find out some stuff and i i have some reservations about it i i i do um mm -hmm. just because it's maybe it is just because it's different from what i did with expedition to castle ravenloft for 3.5 i don't know mm -hmm. um i think the addition of having mordenkainen just kind of be there is weird uh is there yeah he's there but there's a whole thing you have to do in order to even like have him be not insane um oh yeah he's like just a mountain man for a while unless you figure it out which is kind of cool oh. you know yeah i, I kind of like that it's yeah it's at least it's at least not like he's just there you know yeah it's just, it is he's just there but also fucking insane and you have to kind of help him if he's ever yeah. gonna help you because um, that already is like huh he's i know this character yeah. Why is he here, and why is he, more importantly, why is he insane? Right, exactly. Um, <laughs> so it's at least interesting. It Hopefully is. it lives up to that. It, it Exactly. Well, I, I think it, it just depends on how you run it, right? Um, oh, okay, I, so is that not something that's outlined in the module? That's well, like, oh, so he's insane for this reason? I think it is. You know what? Let me okay. get my let me get my book, and I will, yeah. I will find it. Hold on, everybody. Rant incoming? I have no idea. We'll see. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> Give me a sec. Uh, because this also, eh, depending on the content of the video, might also kind of apply to me because I'm also writing a campaign that is meant to be, you know, played in, you know, however. Obviously, you don't have to play it exactly like it's written, but, you know, if you do it, if you do that, you're doing it wrong. Uh, um, but yeah, you know, it's like d&d adventures are bad so we'll have to see if it kind of extends to everything else really and just written adventures as a whole okay i have returned i have my book all right okay um i believe mordenkainen was there in 2e version 2 i think oh really oh. i don't remember him being there for expedition but then again i don't know um, I read that book pretty thoroughly, so... Anyway. So, uh... I recall Morgenkainen is kind of, like, up in the mountains. So let mm. me see if I can find where that is in Curse of Strahd. And spoilers for Curse of Strahd, sorry. <laughs> um... I wasn't gonna play it. That's fair. Uh, let's see... The... the... Solenka Pass. It might be. Page 159. Okay. Oh, that was close. 159. Yeah. Hut. Um. No? Okay, it wasn't there. Oh, goodness. This is going to take me a minute. Yeah. <laughs> Uh Maybe he's here somewhere. Where the fuck is he? The ruins. The Yester Hill Might be. Might be. I will say, um the thing that I always have enjoyed about uh Ravenloft and everything and what they've done with it is just how much it does feel like a closed open world, if that makes any sense. A um, closed open world? So yeah, like, kind of like an open world in that specific area? Yes, exactly. Because exactly. it's uh, 
Barovia. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Um, I've heard yeah. it called Barovia. Barovia, and then uh, Seth Skarkowski usually usually calls it Baravia, and so that oh. kind of got stuck in my head. So I'm like, I'm always unsure of which one it actually yeah, is. It's absolutely Barovia because there's no a. Yeah, <laughs> it's an, it was just a mistake on his. On yeah, his yeah, 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 yeah. I got you. I got you. Um, I don't know where he is. Fuck. Oh, there are maps that you can pull out of this book. Ooh. Oh, I didn't know that. I have never gone to the back of the book. Weird. Um, these are handouts. Oh, in the back. Oh, look at all this. Wow. Um, neat. Some good stuff in here. Uh, well, anyway. Um. I'm pretty sure it does give you, like, the reasoning and stuff for you to know uh, when you're mm -hmm. running it and everything, right? And yes. it tells you how the characters could, you know, make him not uh, crazy. And then, and then it also is like, okay, so if you want him to be somebody that he can, like, be recruited, you have to, you can have them do stuff like this. Or if you just want him to, like, help them but not go with them, you, you mm -hmm. know, you can do that too. Um, I think it's pretty, pretty good in that respect of, like, oh, this is, like, a powerful guy. Maybe you don't want to use him, you know? Um, yeah. Because I I like the option, though, of, like, but if you want to, go for it, mm -hmm. you know? Um, it's good. It's good. Uh, let's see. I believe... All right. Uh, although Strahd was a lot more powerful in 2E, so it makes more sense there. Fair enough. Considering that Strahd has his, own, has his name on some spells in 2E. Oh. Wait, Strahd has his own spells? I guess so. Wow, I didn't know, I didn't that. know that. Um, I knew more than Kane did. Yes. If it sucks, uh, make it your own and make Sugar Daddy's, like, pointy hat. <laughs> yeah. True. Uh, I'd say that guy's confusing Barovia with Morovia. Mm. Or Moravia, excuse me. Moravia. Ah. I don't know. Maybe. Possibly. Anyway, so, um, I think Curse of Strahd, at least from what I've read, is fine. Um, so I don't know why it would suck. So let's find yeah. out. So. And what I was saying before you came back was oh. I was wondering if this is going to be mostly just written adventures as a whole. Yeah, it might be. And in which case... And that, you know, they just have know. to use Curse of Strahd because everybody, you know, knows that yeah, campaign. Yeah, exactly. Well, so that's the thing as well. I With Curse of Strahd, it is, at least from my understanding, unlike other modules, because, again, it is that more open-world feel. Um, mm -hmm. Though... To be fair, I haven't looked into many of them, so maybe some of them are also that way. But if they are, then it's like, well, this is like a weirdly different module style than mm. something like, um, oh, what is it? No, actually, I'm thinking about it. Um, the Waterdeep one is weirdly open. Um, the, the one in Avernus is also weirdly open because of like the, oh, weird... even in Avernus, it's, open. yeah, wow. it's like got the weird Mad Max stuff kind of wow. really. Yeah. That's it's cool. It's cool. It, it is cool. Um, and like, yeah, I, I think there is, it's pseudo open world for each of these, at least from what I remember. I don't remember one, maybe the one that's, um, out of the abyss, the one where you have to worry about Demogorgon, I think. Um, I think that one was more linear, but then again, I'm not entirely sure. Somebody can correct me if I'm wrong. Um, but yeah. Oh. Oh. Yeah. Okay. So he's now made it a point. Yeah, he has made it a point. Okay. Instantly. 
Interesting. The, the, the gloves are off. <laughs> okay. The problem with most of these pre-written tabletop adventures is that they're not meant to be played at the table. And this is huh? why. <coughs> I just realized I glitter bombed myself. Nothing a little <laughs> editing magic can't fix. Okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah. How'd that look? I'm still practicing my transitions. I mean, have you actually had one of these open in the middle of your game? Look at this coffee table tome taking up all my space. What am I going to put my three cans of Mountain Dew and all my dice? Seriously? Okay, get him. I hope that that's a joke. Table. <laughs> or just, you know, put or it to the side. Put it to the side when you don't in your, need it. Or on your lap and or something. Like, because put a bookmark in when you know the things that you need to look at and... Bookmark or just take notes, your own notes, so yeah. that way you don't have to do that. Exactly. There are many things. It has to be a joke, right? Please tell me this is a joke. Dear God. It's got to be a joke. Oh, it's a little too quiet? Sorry. I I'll turn him up. Okay. You and I both know I have way more dice than... Okay. And don't even get me started on what's inside. Oh, the Avenger itself is fine, but it's full of this! Ah! Um. Words! I can't read! <laughs> is this a joke video? Is this like a... I feel like, like this might be a joke. Is this a joke video? Did I, did I get baited? Are we fucked? <laughs> is he a master baiter? Is, did he get me? <laughs> I don't. I don't know. We'll have um, to see. Yeah, we'll see how much vitriol he displays. Really? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It has to be. I don't know. <sighs> Nailed it. Look at all this text. How am I supposed to know what to tell my players at a moment's notice when they decide to go into room K thirty-seven instead of room K seventy-three? Why are we labeling rooms like it's Battleship? Wait, something's missing about this box. I gotta, I gotta find out if this is a joke or not. Hold on, let me go look because, at the wow. actual fucking thing. Because that's just like, oh, okay, take notes, I guess. Yeah, I don't take know. notes and like, God for like, are you really seriously trying to tell me that you are like, okay, we enter this room. What is it? And that is room. Okay. And then you can't just open the book and just mm. look through it. Are you and seriously telling again, me your players are holding like a knife to your throat and are like, go as fast as you fucking can? Yeah, again, like... God, gonna I hate this. Fucking I, put sticky notes if you want. Yeah, <laughs> Like, Christ. I don't... Like, bookmarks are fine. Okay, and God so, forbid you look at the map and memorize the rooms. Right. So this is supposed to be a comedic essay on mainstream TTRPG adventure design. Not here to attack any single designer in particular. Corporations are going to corporate, apparently, is in the thing. So it is still, it is just full of jokes and humor, is what it yeah, is. Yeah, so, but it's not very good so, humor. Well, yeah. But, um, so it is meant to be taken seriously to a degree, at least. Um, yeah. So it is criticism. So we, we're we still fine here of, like, so, okay. Um, let me, so here's, here's the thing that I will agree with, um, at mm. least. Some of these, um, 
some of the the things of like having them labeled canine and all that kind of stuff especially for um the castle the castle's fucking huge let me mm. let me say um i think that um it's hard to navigate through the book if you if you are using just the book um to navigate through uh to find specific runes at specific times and mm to kind of um memorize where things are um okay. because they it is intricate like they're they're everywhere these stairways that go to specific places um mm. now what i would do to mitigate that is to uh print off copies of the map to look mm. at um and then annotate you know uh in my little notes of this is the page this is the page number for this thing um it depends on what degree you want to do of like okay it's like k1 through k whatever for this these pages k whatever through whatever for these pages or just you want to put k1 is on this page k2 is on this page you know all that kind of stuff um it really is dealer's choice at that point but there are ways for you to make it so that it's easier for you to find what you need if you take notes on things beforehand mm. um yes usually prep is so that you can streamline things for yourself um most of the time it, yeah that's kind of what you do with prep uh so yeah. so like i don't know prep more is yeah, my I, this, is this my is point weird. <laughs> um uh now just for the the I, it's a it's a minor thing and i understand that so i'm gonna nitpick it a little bit and you don't have to listen to me about this but i don't care that they're labeled k something s something all that kind of stuff it doesn't matter it's just another way to have these labeled so that you know or so that they are distinct rather yeah, than just having south outcove dining hall servants yeah, that's quarters the thing. you can't really have that on the map yeah because those are big fucking words. Exactly. They they do it for the map specifically. If you look at these maps, like uh, on page 71 of uh, Curse of Strahd, there's a picture of a map that uh, has like arrows pointing to specific rooms or rooms that have these labeled of K53, K9, K50. Mm -hmm. You know, just so that they have these little things so that you can go look down and see, oh, the relevant information is... A little thing about what it looks like, so a little blurb here, of, like, mm -hmm. the smokestack for K-52. Jutting from a the steeply sloping roof of the castle, a spindly smokestack, five feet in diameter at the top, rises 30 feet above the roof's peak. Smoke belches from its iron-pronged capstone. And then a little thing that says... The chimney leads down 60 feet to the blazing fireplace in area K-37. A creature that starts its turn in the chimney takes three, 1d6, fire damage. And that's all it is. Just to give you a slight idea of what the major thing is in that area. Mm -hmm. Some of them have a lot more than others because they have uh, an encounter. Or they have, you know, uh, multiple things in that room, you know? Mm -hmm. So, it, it's there for you to get that quick information if you need. And again, if you prepped beforehand, you would have that information relevant or the page numbers relevant so you could turn to them. And like you mm -hmm. said doesn't it isn't hard to just take a couple of seconds to turn some pages to get to what you need and read it for a second and then yeah. get it set in your mind to run yeah um 
if you don't want to do that, that's on you. So cool. If that if you don't want to do that, why are you running it? Yeah, exactly. That's the other thing. If you read it and then went, oh, I want to run this, then why aren't you running it? Is my question. Or why are you complaining? Yeah. If you decided that you wanted to run it, then you had no issue with this. Yeah, exactly. Um, let's see. So there's a few things. Here we go. Uh, Mad Max was always kind of boring to me. That's fair. If I'm Googling right, Expedition to Castle Ravenloft was 3E. The original Ravenloft module was 2E. It was just called Ravenloft. Yes. And this guy's a little too quiet. Right, I did that. Uh, his voice is quiet and his dice are loud. Yeah, he's the, the mixing's a little weird. Um, is this whole video just a skit? It has to be. This video is annoying. <laughs> no, yeah. it's supposed to be funny. That's the thing. It's supposed to be making you go, ha-ha. Yeah, it's supposed um, to be. I'd say Hades strikes again, but this wouldn't be up to Hades standards. Fair enough. I don't even think you were supposed to have them open during a game. I always thought uh, that you meant to take you were meant to take notes. Well, so this is the thing. You can do either. It's valid. It doesn't matter, right? Um, but taking notes is the easier way for you to process the information and have yourself ready for the session so mm-hmm. that you can run it for the people. The people. Yes. The um, people. <laughs> the people. Uh, so... <sighs> complaining about it is weird to me because it's like why didn't you do your due diligence to make it easier for you to run Mm. i don't i don't get that um sometimes you have to slow down and patiently take your time with modules yes very much especially for ravenloft ravenloft has so much goddamn shit in it legitimately there are so many areas so many characters so many encounters that are here so many systems of like madness even too like it's a dense fucking book and that's why i like it a lot um at least i I liked expedition a lot and then with this they've transferred quite a lot of it over and added some more stuff so like it's it's just a lot of options here for you um plus the whole story of taking on one of the most powerful characters at least in D D lore you know so uh, it's it's just a it's a nice thing to to have and Where I don't the strat is so powerful despite being essentially just a, a vampire or is he like way he's, different than just a regular vampire he's a, well so i think it's also because of the dark powers i think ah. they they have also like because of his eternal torment of being here forever you know yeah um they've made him That's powerful mm. so but uh um I can't take this for real. This is just what a nostalgia critic D&D video would look like. Ugh. Ugh. Ooh. Ouch. Yeah. yeah. You're right. Uh, oh, shit. The original Ravenloft was 1E. Oh. Okay. Cool. Um, but Alejo, did you forget this man? He can't read. Sigh. That's right. I'm sorry. I forgot that he can't read. Uh, and it's supposed despite to... the fact that he knows it's called Curse of Strahd, yeah, well, and yeah. that he knows what K one four means. <laughs> yes, don't worry about that. Yeah. Um, can't I can't confirm the Mordenkainen being in the Barovia thing there, but there was a computer game called Strahd's Possession from the early '90s with a character heavily implied to be him in it. Oh, okay, cool. Um, in fairness, vampires are pretty powerful, especially in three point five. Yes, that's true. <laughs> yeah. In older editions. Vampires are way better. Okay, uh, then. 
Um, to be honest, yeah. and to be fair, I haven't actually played that much D and D, like traditional D and D. Absolutely fair, <laughs> which I is get you. hilarious to say. <laughs> um, that game being an adaptation of the original Ravenloft Adventure. Oh, really? Is it? I'll have to look into that because I would like to see that. Um, I like I like Ravenloft a lot for obvious reasons. Hmm. It appeals to me in various ways, specifically, and you can imagine why. <laughs> yes. This bit is going on too long. Oh. Y yeah. Oh. Anyway. Uh, uh, my turn. Uh, K78. Did I hit? Wow, yeah. Uh, really long. The room is 30 feet square, rising to a 20-foot tall flat ceiling. With a stone presentation fiercely. Okay, yeah, they have a long thing because it's a big room, and you gotta know yeah. a bunch of stuff about it. Like, come on, that's what yeah. this is for. It, that's It's to give your players the sense of what the room has and is. Yeah. It's crazy, uh, man. It's almost like modules do this even before, too. It's crazy. Yeah. Wow. Are you new? I am so sorry I dozed off there. And so will your players if you run these games straight out of the book. Okay, no, not necessarily, first Unless off. they are interested in that. Yeah. And also, if they're wandering around a castle and saying, what does this room look like? Yeah. They're probably interested in it. More than likely. Lemme, I, you, Brazier room, page 82. Well, let me look at this really quick. Let me, oh, oh, there's some cool stuff about it even after that. Let's just, so here's the thing about the room. You got oh, all this so he shit about the it. interesting part. Well, no, he hasn't even gotten to the interesting part. He's just telling you the flavor text, which is good for it because, uh, let me. It won't take me that long. This room is thirty feet square, rising to a twenty-foot-tall flat ceiling. A stone brazier burns fiercely in the center of the room, but its tall white flame produces no heat. The rim of the brazier is carved with seven cup-shaped indentations, spaced evenly around the circumference. Within each indentation is a spherical stone, twice the diameter of a human eyeball and made of a colored crystal. No two stones are the same color. Overhead, a wooden-framed hourglass as tall and wide as a dwarf hangs ten feet above the brazier, suspended from the ceiling by thick iron chains. All the sand is stuck in the upper portion of the hourglass, seemingly unable to run down to the bottom. Written in glowing script at the base of the hourglass is a verse in common. Two nine-foot-tall iron statues of knights on horseback poised to charge, with swords drawn stand in deep alcoves facing each other. The brazier sits between them. That's the flavor text. Already, I'm like, ooh. Yeah. Ooh, that's an interesting I like it. room. Then afterwards, you have, oh, the two statues are iron golems. Each horse yeah, and rider. Actually, I actually knew about that. There you go. Each horse and rider is considered one creature, and they are inseparable. They have all this shit. Blah blah blah. The hourglass is AC twelve, twenty hit points, immune to uh, poison and psychic damage, vulnerable to thunder. If it reaches zero, uh, sand will fall and all that shit. It break. Uh, the magic writing on the base of the hourglass reads as follows. Cast a stone into the fire. Violet leads to the mountain spire. Orange to the castle's peak. Red if lore is what you seek. Green to where the coffins hide. Indigo to the master's bride. Blue to ancient magic's womb. 
yellow to the master's tomb. Which is a puzzle for you to... It's a thing to say, hey, if you throw this shit in the fire, you'll know where these things are. Yeah. That's crazy! I like it. Oh, all in fact... And all because I listened. Yeah. In fact, later on, it even says... This is something your players have to find out. Again, spoilers, you get it right. Uh, if you throw them in, it actually teleports you to each of the places that it's talking about. <sighs> yeah! So it's even better than what I thought it was. Or maybe worse. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah. Are you ready? Because who knows where you're going to... Because now you're fucking lost. Yep. Uh, so... Or you can get out. Because, like, the violet stone that lets you go to the mountains just lets you get the fuck out of there. Oh, nice. Yeah, it gets you to the fucking... To Solenka Pass. Interesting. Mm. Um, so, yeah. Uh... Oh, part of the glass stone that was kind of... Oh, okay. So, the other thing is, uh, the stone... When you throw it in there, the sand starts going down after five rounds. It uh, the flame goes back to the right color or the white color, excuse me, and um, and then it basically resets itself. So you can continuously do this. So like oh. it's a it's a teleportation thing that if you get to, you can come back and do it again if you yeah. really want to. Um, so it's a it's a whole fucking thing. There's even a development section about like. Uh, if something's attacked, the, the, the room closes and they can't fucking get the fuck out unless they wedged it open because the, the doors are magically shut. Um, mm. the way is shut. It the is way is shut. Those who are dead. That's right. <laughs> um, and then, uh, <laughs> on the first round, the golems animate and then fucking fill the room with poison breath that issues oh, from the horse's mouths. Yo. It's fucking sick. Like, I... It's a whole thing, man. Too bad it's so boring. God. Too bad. I like, couldn't possibly is, read that. Right. I couldn't. Well, you shouldn't read the whole thing to your players because, you know, you want to keep some surprises probably. But, like, uh, yeah. that whole but, like, initial man, thing to set up. Why would I ever want to do that? Right. The Terrible. whole thing to set Fringe. up the room <laughs> and make it so that players are interested in, oh, this room has the the hourglass above the thing oh there are stones set in it that are all different colors and the flame isn't hot and there's script there and then you read the script to them and it's like oh that corresponds to the colors on the gems oh yeah it's just it's just sad to think that somebody would think that other people can't be interested in this yeah <laughs> why does it have to why do all D&D games seem to need to be lightning fast i don't know why are understand. you playing a game with your imagination if you can't sit there and listen to right. someone describing something for you? Exactly, exactly. Um, let's see. Uh, are you fucking kidding, my dude? <laughs> yeah, I know, right? If you do play that game, expect to die a lot and possibly need a guide. Oh, for um the, the computer game? Yeah. You'll also need to use negative plane protection later on and still do a lot of saves coming because you will have too many level drains otherwise. Yep. Uh... I do like the hands and table camera style, however. Plus one point, you are now at minus one. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, that's a fine style. It's good to, like, see. Like, I appreciate that I can see what he's talking about because it's right there, you know? And he's mm -hmm. pointing to it. Uh, it's in my current uh, window and everything. It's a little blurry because it's a little small, but I would be able to probably, you know, make it full screen and... Uh, see the pages and everything, the page numbers, so I would know where things are. Like, it, it's it's a good framing, but man, mm. I'm not having a good time. Yeah. So what? 
Did we just take all these adventures out back and put them out of their misery? Yes. No. We can save them. Oh? I can save them. they need to be saved. Just like with my sweet, sweet shadow heart. I... I can fix her. Man, this bit is going on way too long, too. Yep. One of the things about comedy is timing, my guy. Yeah. Holy shit. <laughs> You'll need to do a lot more leg work before I commit to any hip work. Crap! Okay, we get it. Where were we? Uh, ah, yeah. Saving our games. The first mistake you might make is reading that text verbatim to the players. You're gonna have to read a bit ahead before each game. Oh, you're gonna have to. Crazy. <gasps> oh, okay, good. So we're okay. Well, but that. So, what's the problem with the adventure when you have to prepare for it? What's the problem? I don't understand. That's how games go. How we'll is this? <sighs> but wait, we need a method to this madness. One that allows us to run the ideas presented in these books with ease. Entire dungeons, towns, NPCs with personalities, all at a glance. All with a highlighter. Yeah, you can mark your... It's your property. Mark it however the fuck you want. That's fine. Don't you dare touch me! Stand back! No! Just kidding. What we're looking for is harder, better, faster, stronger. And by that, I mean just the information we need at a glance in as few words as possible. <laughs> I found a shorthand method that does all of these things because I describe my world like a point and click computer game. Here's how I do it. First, let's pick a room. For this example, we'll use the bottom floor of Old Bone Grinder from chapter six of Curse of Strahd. Thank it's you a windmill that. where a witch's coven resides. This room alone takes up half a page in 411 words and has a lot going on for us to work with. All right. Well, wow, okay. What a revolutionary concept. One, prepare before you run the game. Two, summarize things that are long. Wow. Yeah. This Crazy. Is where the whole, so this one definitely is a comedy one, and it's not to be taken very seriously. But, man, it's <laughs> the problem that I have with it is that it's fucking annoying. Yeah. I it's just, not endearing. You haven't made me even chuckle. I, I haven't even cracked a smirk at any of your jokes. Like that's that is a big fucking problem if you're <laughs> trying to make it comedic. Yeah. And like the other thing, again, I, I'm going to take it seriously because you are giving criticism. I, I fuck you. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, I have to. That's just like if you are going to give criticism then we're going to talk about it because you will have given a criticism regardless of your humorous intent uh it mm. means nothing it really doesn't mean anything especially if it's still for criticism's sake um if i read this verbatim it's fine there's nothing yeah, wrong the with reading it for verbatim because what they have written here is not poorly written yeah it's good it is informational sure but it is not without its atmosphere mm. it's there to establish that okay and if you want to establish it quicker that's fine but 
you will lose a bit of what the atmosphere is unless you're doing something else to like compensate for that with mm -hmm. your summary okay um with the encounter stuff you're not reading that to your players so fucking who cares how you summarize that um that's that is just you're gonna run it however you run it and everything um so you know you can take the notes and run it however you want to uh, but with the descriptions, I think it's kind of important, at least personally, to read them as they are written or in basically as the as it is uh, written, uh, giving that atmosphere with your uh, reinterpretation, because you can totally do that, too. Um, but it's not a problem inherently because it is a long thing that you can read. But, uh. Oh, heaven forbid I do prep work. Exactly. Is the book slamming funny? No, it's to, it's to put uh, an emphasis, I think. Um, though the idea was just to let you input the stats from your actual RP characters and see if they can survive. Oh, was it? Oh, neat. Hmm. Uh, he's putting comedy ahead of actually having a point. Yeah, very true. Yeah. Very true. And it's not very good comedy. Bear with no, me as we look isn't. at the read-aloud text. The ground floor has been converted into a makeshift kitchen, but the room is filthy. Baskets and old dishware are piled everywhere. Adding to the clutter is a peddler's cart, a chicken coop, a heavy wooden trunk, and a pretty wooden cabinet with flowers painted on its doors. In addition to the clucking of the chickens, you hear toads clucking. All right, time out. Huh. I never read aloud the read aloud text. Okay. When I read directly from the book, I start to see a glassy sheen in my player's eyes. Sure. Rather, Use your own words to describe the scene. We'll put the room number down, 01, and we'll give it a better name. Ground floor doesn't convey any sort of image. But, but no, it does. It's the ground floor. Yeah. It is the one that is first on the ground of the yeah. level of the building. What God. do you mean that it doesn't convey any sort of image? I know exactly where I am if you say ground floor. Man. <laughs> what? Ugh. <laughs> This is not good. That's so funny. <laughs> ah, isn't that funny that it, just... his normal fucking talking and him just saying something <laughs> stupid is what gets a laugh. Filthy makeshift kitchen does. So let's label it that. That's fine. Below the room's name, I put down the size, shape, and general feel. Well, so my immediate thought is, so. <laughs> okay. So my immediate immediate thought is, why is it not? Are you telling me that it is a filthy makeshift kitchen instead of it being the ground floor? Are you even telling me it's the ground floor? Or are you just telling me you enter the room? First yeah, off, and does that would, matter? Because so if that's the ground floor, and that's like let's say for the sake of argument that like when I hear ground floor, I think like entrance room. Yeah, you same, know, same. So what we walked through a big set of like fucking huge wooden double doors and we're in a kitchen yes that's, that's exactly the first room that's exactly what i was thinking as well because like the the point of the text is to tell you that it has been converted yes. into a makeshift kitchen so you can then think oh this used to be like where this you used entered. to be like a big fucking entry hall yes why is it a kitchen and now it's a kitchen and it's dirty, so it's unkempt. Ooh, why? And if you tell me that it's a kitchen, how the fuck would they have gotten a cart into the kitchen? Right, exactly. 
That's because this, when you omit these details, just because apparently your your players can't fucking take ten seconds to just listen to you read a description, right? I just, you're losing a lot of the detail, and now I'm having to ask more questions. I am more confused. Yes, exactly. And that is not what you want. Like, I'm fine with having clarifying questions, but if I'm having questions of utter confusion because I'm, I haven't done anything, then I have failed in yes. describing what the scene is. And I need to try to re-describe like, it so that you understand what's going on. Mm -hmm. Which, like, that's a thing that happens all the time, which is fine, okay? But the way that they've put this out, I don't, I, I understand what's going on in this room. I do. It's mm -hmm. it's there for me to see because I am saying I'm reading all of these words and telling them that now if your players aren't if they literally need subway surfers on the side of their video so that they can oh. stay interested then I guess I understand why you need to do this okay fucking go guy, for it get better players <laughs> no it's not even it's not even that it's just you need to accommodate for that fucking whatever dude I I don't have to do that that sucks for you that just does i'm sorry it's true um do whatever you need to do i guess um uh. yeah what's That's wrong with any awful. of this again nothing <laughs> nothing i'm fine with this as well of like change it that's fine you can do whatever you want with your note taking your results may vary that's mm -hmm. just the way that it works but man you can't just make the claim that this is broken and we need to fix it that's what you have done with this. But it's too much. Do. I know. That's too much to say. All of all of the D&D modules are broken. I don't do this. You shouldn't either. So let's fix it. It's like, oh, so all the people who literally just don't complain about it and run it just fine are like doing it wrong somehow. Oh, weird. Huh. How? I didn't know that. Huh? strange now again i i that's a that's an appeal to like a popularity kind of thing sure um but there's something to the fact of like if if it is broken in such a way why is it not seen more as that mm. you know if you are going to make this argument then make the argument convincing yeah of the room in as few words as possible this room is round 20 feet in diameter eight foot ceilings now, we label all the senses. We see baskets and dishes piled everywhere. We hear chickens clucking, toads croaking. We smell baking pastries mixed with some horrendous stench. And if the players were to walk inside, they'll feel the crunch of the littered children bones on the floor. Very cool. That is our big picture. But what's inside that can be interacted with? Well, we have several. So, so I just want to point out, that uh -huh. all of those elements, when he's going to reword them, are probably going to be as much time as reading that whole section. Yeah. That's what I feel like is going to happen. Hello, Aiden. It is Wednesday, my dudes. <laughs> <laughs> Gosh, I haven't heard that in forever. Yeah. <laughs> How you no, doing? Yeah, I know. My, my coworker drops that on me this week, and I was like, is this, like, 2003? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Did he just, like, recently see that or something? <laughs> I don't know. Uh. <laughs> well, uh, we're on the second video because the first video only took, like, 40 minutes. Because um, it was good. What are we talking about tonight? Well, so right now we're talking about how D&D adventures are bad, apparently. And the argument so far is there's too much words. 
to read. Because this person's players, and I love the example that you gave, this person's players must have fucking uh, subway surfers on subway the surfers in the background to that's function. what it seems like. Yeah. Um... Which I'm like, that's that sucks for you, I'm sorry, and you gotta accommodate however, so there's nothing I can do about that, but man, not everybody has that problem, so why is this broken? I don't understand. Um... How would I put this? So, I just need some clarification because this is a take of all takes. Yes. Um, does he mean like official content? Like, yes, he means official official modules. Yes. In fact, he's using Curse of Strahd right now. Yes. Okay. Yes. He has said that they are broken because of this. They are what because of what? They are bad and broken because of this because we are fixing them by taking notes and preparing. Oh, okay. Yeah. Which, it's like, yes, okay, prepare before you run a game. That's common sense. Let's do that. That sounds good. That solves your problem. And then, oh, don't read any of these blurbs that it has uh, for establishing rooms, make up your own by taking all the cliff notes and making it, you know, your own thing. Which I'm like, that's fine in in concept, absolutely. But at this point, I feel like you're just going to make the paragraph again. So why not just read the paragraph? So I have two thoughts and I needed... I've been, like, going all day, so brain is not fully going yet. Um, because I've been, like, worrying about groceries. Um, so I had to open up a notepad to organize my thoughts, uh, which I find really fitting, because does he not know what notes are? (laughs) Literally, the the purpose of... (sighs) I, I I feel bad, the fact that I'm shitting on him without even hearing this guy's voice. However... Going off of the knowledge that I have been given, mm-hmm. um, books hold a lot of information. Yes. The per- the reason you write notes, maybe it's been a while since he was in school, so I'll <laughs> perhaps remind him. The reason you write notes is so that you can highlight important information. Oh, uh, and keep the squirrel it away in your brain for later. Exactly. Um, because if you look through someone's notebook, it may, like, based on how they take notes, it may just be a garbled mess. Mm-hmm. But then when you look at the book that they base the notes off of, you go, oh, right. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, they focused on this. That, yes. that That's interesting. Perhaps I should do that. Yes. Um. So in, you know, pen and paper RPGs, yes. there's mm. a lot of information for DMs to remember, yes. l- such as, like, you know, the entire world. <laughs> yeah, um, it's crazy. That. So when you have notes of, like... Uh, you you can plan out an entire town, have names for every single NPC in that town, mm-hmm. but then you really want to call attention to your blacksmith because it may have an important quest. 
then you, uh, as you're preparing for a session as a DM, you're scanning through your notes about your town and your highlights, and then you see a little asterisk, and it's, have players hear the sound of the blacksmith's hammer ringing as they walk into town. Sure. Um, that's not a fix for (laughs) your content. No, that's that's, for your style, for your running. That's just the DM going, oh, that's right, I need to make sure to highlight this character. Exactly. Yeah. That's the thing. This is this is You're the not basic fixing anything. You're exactly. just being stylistic about it. Exactly. Also, it's it's a reminder. Sorry, Alejo. Um, it's just a reminder to you as DM to go like, hey, focus on this. Yes. Yes. Storyteller. Yes. When you tell mm. your story. Yes. Your entire ass story. Yes. So yeah. Also, just for your information, this is a comedy video. Oh, okay. This is a oh, okay. Com- comedy essay, it's, but it's about, it's, it's criticizing still. So he's oh. giving us jokes or skits and such as well that go on for too long. <laughs> yes. Okay. Well, I had thought it was like he was saying this with his whole chest. Oh, he is still. Just oh, with the, the, com- the comedy as well, as, a, um, as an emphasis. Uh, and my second criticism is, and I focused on this with the pen and paper RPGs, <laughs> mm-hmm. but does he know what genre he's playing? I, I think so. <laughs> he's, so this is the thing. Again, his fix is literally prepare so far. His fix... Yeah. For running these games, oh, I'm sorry, the the adventures sucking because they have too many words is to prepare beforehand and make sure that you've taken notes for you to understand to run them easier. Uh, his initial thing was, we can't have it on the table. We can't have the thing on the table. It takes up too much space, which I think was mostly a joke. But at the same time, you can still do it because it's a valuable reference sheet. And if yeah. you take notes in certain ways, you might just be able to look at your notes, open the book to where you need to, and then get the thing you need. So sure, you you that can happen. Yeah, I I just it's there's many possibilities here, especially with the case of if I read the entire blurb about the thing, my players are not going to have their eyes glaze over. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. So. I don't know why we've made that claim either. That's fun for everybody. I mean, hell, even when you were reading the description of the room, because he kind of, you know, just kind of glossed over it to make well, his he layered himself so anti that you can't joke. fucking hear it. But yeah, yeah, and even just hearing the room description, I was like, ooh, that's interesting. Yeah, I mean, it's just one of those things where you might be interested, you might not, which is why I made the comment about his table. Because like, yeah. if they don't find it interesting, that's that's on them. That's fine. Uh, but like I, I don't know but what then to do. Why are you playing? That's I, my thing. Well, no. I, well, let's be fair. You can play w- anything you want to. Whatever, it's fine. Oh, I know. But like, why are you playing a tabletop RPG where things have to be described to you if you can't handle things being described to you? Well, eh, that's what I mean. The it's like aspect, it's like having so. people interact with art forms in different ways. Yeah, exactly. I guess so. I guess to me, it just seems weird. It's kind of like playing a D and D game when you have a crippling fear of dice it's like why (laughs) i guess 
Um, but yeah, so it's just, it's one of those things where it's just like, if you're going to propose fixes in a comedic way, that's fine. Just propose an actual fix. Don't tell me things that literally everyone does. Because yeah. that's not fixing anything, and I don't see what's broken yet. You haven't told me anything. And uh, I saw Lux say, also, if he's going to say modules are bad, I wish he would talk about how to write them better instead of just how to run them. Yeah. That would be an actual, mm. like, like criticism that he could go into and explain. Dare I say effects? Yes, in indeed, it would be. Uh, if this video is succeeding at one thing, it's making me want to play Ravenloft. Fair. Mm. Uh, uh, Timothy says hi, Aiden. Uh, hi, Aiden. Hello. There you go. Uh, would it be okay to rewind and show Aiden the stupid start? No, I don't want to go back. <laughs> I don't want to go through that again. Uh, it's just channel awesome D&D video, Aiden, is what Timothy says. Okay. Which is pretty accurate. Yeah. A peddler's cart. A chicken coop. A heavy wooden trunk. A pretty wooden cabinet. And an open barrel in the room center. We'll also want to know if there's any exits from this room. Note them at the end of your list. Assuming the players are approaching this room from the front door, there's a stairway that leads up to the second level. Mm -hmm. Time out. Now, if I was your player and I asked you what was in the cabinet, how quick could you find it in this paragraph in the middle of our game? Well, this is, this is okay. where my philosophy of running the game like a point and click puzzle starts to show. This is all I describe as what's inside this room after paraphrasing my big picture. When my players click on something listed here, I search the cabinet! I have an arrow that tells me if there's more information y if yeah. they decide to give the object any further investigation. Wow, it's crazy. It's almost like you're taking notes. Yes, that's fair. Yeah. This is what you this is what we do when there's a so, lot of information in a paragraph that was hard to find. Yes. So I think he's going to go. Oh, the fact that Wizards of the Coast does not provide you with uh, a table that lists the <laughs> contents of the cabinet right. uh, is a fault of the entire module. And you know what? I wouldn't... I... To describe it as a fault of the module is... Stream? Gen... <laughs> I was going to say very... Yeah, no, it's, yeah. It's extreme. <laughs> it's extreme. Like, I was going to try to say generous, but then, like, uh, it struck me that generous was the opposite. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, uh, it's very extreme. Um, But, you know... I mean, like, in fairness, Watsy should provide a list. But, like, they kind of did. Yeah, it's in the text. Yeah. <laughs> they just didn't make it so that it's in a table, really. And that's the only... Like, it's all there for you to look at and read. And if they don't tell you exactly, it's there for you to make up. Mm -hmm. You know? Like, you can put whatever you want in these things if you want to. Um, You can change it however you want. So do whatever you want to do with it. It's just there as the resource to give you everything else that you need or the guideline that you want for this adventure. Like um, it, ult it ultimately comes down to this guy wants Watsy to prepare his games for him. That's what it feels like, yes. 
Um, Which is weird. And Watsi's purpose as a company is not to run your games for you. No. Watsi's purpose as a company is to sell products to a bunch of different DMs who all have a bunch of different organizational styles. Exactly. And find a way to distill and, like, boil down all thousands of those organizational styles yeah and then try to find something that kind of works for everyone to just say i will present you dms with information organize this how you will exactly Mm. and i think they've done a pretty good job of doing that for years because if if this was a problem as i said before more people would be complaining about it exactly so why why are we saying that there needs to be a fix this is really not a problem of watsi this is a problem of just this one dm yes absolutely refusing to do his portion of the (laughs) legwork that is his responsibility (laughs) it's it's an end user issue that's it that's it it's the there's nothing that we can do about this so like and again i don't at this point, he's doing the thing because this is what he does for his notes. So we know that he does this fine. He knows how to prepare a game. But for some reason, he's made a video to say that this is the fault of the module, that he needs to do this. That's so weird. I don't understand how you got from point A to point B in this scenario. I really what don't. Not everyone thinks like you do, dude. Not everyone organizes information like you do. Right, exactly. These books are so that those people can run games too. Exactly. I, I just... It's crazy. Wouldn't, it's just insane. Wouldn't it be nice if this video was, Hey guys, I really like Curse of Strahd, but I had some difficulty with describing the rooms in a timely yeah. manner so this is my method for how i did that that would be and maybe so much would, better maybe it could help you wouldn't yes, that yeah. be nice yes. my and, fucking god and that wouldn't even be a fix that would just be a strat for how to approach exactly situations. exactly that would just help people but Reformat. no you gotta make it you gotta do shit you gotta do comedy. the clickbait <laughs> you gotta, yeah, do, you gotta, the gotta clickbait. do shit comedy and clickbait yeah, exactly and like again reformat entirely as this is how i run curse of Strahd. that's all you need to do is your title i mean maybe you can add some clickbaity shit there too if you want to fucking it but that's the general message that's the general (laughs) message that you convey with your clickbait of this is how i run the game okay Mm -hmm. um do it and then and then just don't start saying well you can still do the comedy bits of this is too long ah my brain can't handle that because that would be fine. A self-deprecating joke is totally fine. Uh, mm. uh, and then you could play off of that and keep going with like, oh, when I read this, I want to I want to go to sleep, you know? And you can keep doing th- and then work on your timing for each of these jokes so that you don't take a fucking, it's like five seconds every time when it feels like you're taking a minute. It's crazy. Yeah. Uh, and it's like, then you have like a video that I don't even have to like worry about. When you're like you're not calling out every single D D adventure for being an information like, resource. Yeah, like being literally just what they are. Exactly. 
and something that literally everyone can use in whatever way they need to, and they get all the information they need because it's all available to them. And everybody has the same amount of information. It's just dependent on how you organize it, like Aiden has been saying. So, like, I... Yeah. How is this like a point-and-click game? Well, I understand that uh, analogy because it is like, oh, I go over to the thing and I open it. You know, what is inside? Yeah, I, that, I, that, I that makes entire sense. This object. Yeah, that, yeah, that's fine. That makes entire sense. Um, does he and want... And if, if you think about D&D as a point-and-click game yeah. and only as a point-and-click game, then yeah, I agree. Watsy should have provided a table. <laughs> But you, but you, but you know, um, I, I refer you back to my earlier point of does he know what genre he's playing? Exactly. Uh, does he want Wizards of the Coast to just write his weird notes out and sell that as the module? I don't know yeah. what he wants. It seems I, that, that way. That is the point he seems to be making. That seems to be the point, yeah. So, inside the cabinet, you see bowls with baking ingredients inside as well as a couple inside, inside. gourds. There's also about a dozen locks of hair hanging inside the doorway, as well as a few labeled containers. What's in the gourds? Bone meal made from children. What's on the label? So, so this is fine. I'm glad that you've created what you want for the description of what's inside of the thing. That's cool. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if that's, like, in the actual cabinet or whatever. Either way, you did a good job summarizing it for yourself so that you can describe this shit. That's what we yeah. all do. You know, I've, I've been, like, so I just really like hags in general. Sure. Um, and him setting up uh, a hag's lair is, yeah. like, very appreciated by me. Don't worry, Watsy um, did it for you. I promise. <laughs> oh yeah, DMG page two. Sorry, the this fact was... that he pointed out. Yes, there you a go. That's, layer that's is very happened. appreciated by me <laughs> because I've been thinking about like how much of a waste the unseelie court is, and the fact yeah. that like nothing seems to ever be done with them, but they're like yeah, I know. infinitely cool. Yeah, for sure. The the Fae, in general, there's not a lot that's done with them in a lot of D&D stuff, it seems, which is weird to me. Um, yeah, Because me... that would take expanding on a whole other plane of existence, and they just don't feel like doing it. Which, I mean, they've done before in the past, so I don't know. I mean, uh, whatever, it's fine. Yeah. Um, yeah. Let me tell you that, yeah, all of this stuff is literally in this paragraph. M Morgantha's cabinet contains bowls of... Full bowls full of herbs and baking ingredients, flour, sugar, it's all, like it's all here. So yeah, wow, crazy. You wrote them down. Nice. Oh my god, that's good. You fixed D and D. There are three containers. We did it, guys. <laughs> we fixed D and D. Laughter and third, mother's milk. What do they look like? Youth has a golden syrupy texture, while laughter looks like a reddish tea. And mother's milk has a green, milky consistency. I drink the mommy milk! <laughs> you just drank pale tincture poison. Ah, wait. What does that do, bro? Well, if I just used the book, I'd have to grab my DM guide to look up what it does. But I can put either a page number to look it up later, or a shorthand version of it in parentheses on my notes. Oh my notes. god. Yeah, no, that's the way. 
Guys, I can write notes. I <laughs> I'm sorry. Yes. Um. So here's the thing. Um. They could have. I'll give you this. They could have put the description of what it does into the text itself. Added a few more pages and all that stuff if they really had wanted to and spent the money on it. You know, that is something they could have done in the process of making this book for every single page, for every encounter and all of that. That's fine as a thing that they could have done. I don't think personally it's a problem that they have referred back to previous material that already has the information in it that is a prerequisite a lot of the time for you to look up what mm. this thing is now i do have the 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 slight uh uh feeling of you should have it in the book anyway because i don't want to mm. have to pull out a whole different book in order to get something right that that that's a little annoying to me but that's an annoyance not a problem yes you know um it, it's just it, it is but again as you are the one who is running the game because you have this book and are looking for those notes, you are going to take the notes, more than likely, to run the game. So, mm. and again, this is something we've all kind of figured out how to do just from playing this game together, really, um, and trying to streamline it to a point that we don't have to literally open the book, flip, 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 open the book, flip, 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 you know, every single time. Just because that does take a little bit of time. And sometimes we know how to do it faster by just giving a note. Mm. That's fine. That's the thing. Or you might prefer flip, 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 flip. Because pages are fun. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Run or the game you. however you fucking want to. It's not a problem that it can be run however you want to with the information that's there. It just isn't. There's no problems here. There's the only problem is that you need to take the time. Uh, no, there actually there is a problem. Okay. Yeah. Uh, the the problem is he needs content that he can shove into <laughs> a logarith uh not logarithm uh, algorithm yeah. friendly format. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, I know. Oh, I love Pretty content brain. It's great. <laughs> um. Uh, let's see. Uh, so it's just making a table of contents and point and click things sounded weird to me. Yes. And that's fair. Um, I see nothing different here from the book besides a click sound effect. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Uh, just have notes is all I'm hearing. Uh, the mommy milk would be a joke I would make. Fair enough. It's a, it's a joke. We note certainly the objects in this room using arrows. We would get something like this. Wow, that's fifty-eight percent less words than the original, and it's easier on the. Less is better, just in general. Yes, I think the biggest improvement you've—excuse me—the biggest improvement you've made with all this is bolding the entries, and that's yes. it. That's helpful. That's helpful for finding things that you need to find for sure. So because it's like, even even Watsi did that. Look look at yeah, areas. I was of gonna the say. Yeah, there are bolds in there too. So for fuck's sake, it's just it's one of those, and they do it for important sections. Like later on on page one fifty, 
there's a section for the tethering posts that literally says something about chaotic neutral mongrel folk. A mongrel folk is bolded. See Appendix D. And then later down the line, it says Marzina Bellevue, who is just a, it's a description of her and her demeanor and everything. And like what that's all about. And like, that's another important thing in this area, in the courtyard. Mm -hmm. That's a subsection of the courtyard. Before that, there's another thing for the mongrel folk and, and Mishka Bellevue, who's in the well, or near the well, it seems. Um, like, all of these bolds are there to signify those sections, so good job. You've done a thing that literally everyone has done. Wow! Like, yeah. <laughs> the fact that he's saying, like, oh, wow, you, you can chunk all this down into 173 <laughs> words only yeah. is, like, yeah, sure. But, like, if you picked up a book that had only the Hag's Lair and then this. Yeah. And that's it. What am I doing? With, what is, what's going on? so empty. You would go, dude, I can make this. Yes. I don't. I don't need this. Yes, mm -hmm. exactly. Um, the purpose of an adventure book is not to run your game for you. Ooh. It is to give you essentially a. It, it's it's like it's like buying a seed packet. Only the seeds are like the little beginnings of ideas. Yeah. And then you as DM are like buying them and going, oh, wow, uh, I can do this. I can I can run the character like this. Yeah. Oh, the the windmill looks like this. Oh, may maybe it's all creaky and wind like yeah, drafty. Yeah. Oh, sure. and I can, I can do this. Maybe there's toadstools growing all along the windowsill. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Again, making it your own. You know? Yeah, I would. I would log a, love a hag den that's like immaculately clean. <laughs> you just yeah. go in there, it's like, wait, isn't it supposed to be fucking nasty in here? Why would anyone live like that? <laughs> Disgusting. <laughs> Ew, you live like that? Ew. That would be hilarious. Actually, <laughs> it would be pretty good. I, I mean, technically, hags see ugliness as prettiness. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So maybe not a hag. But definitely, like, a fey wizard mm. that mm. runs things like a hag. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I feel like the AI DM is being made for this guy. Ooh! 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 Ooh good Ow. one, Lux. Yikes! Woo. That's a burn. <laughs> it is. Very, uh, very good. That's a good one. Less is not better for everyone. Yes, very true. Yes, I I appreciate the text that they have here because I can yeah. read it out verbatim and it's fun. I don't know. I like mm -hmm. I, I like all about it. flavor. Yeah, and if they give me a bunch that I can go for and then I can add more onto it, huh? Woo! There we go. <laughs> we're we're cooking. We're cooking, boys. Get me in that kitchen. Guys, <laughs> I've been using this method for years now, but. Find a style that works You've been for writing you. notes for years. Oh, so find a style that works for you. Oh, cool. So what's, I'm sorry, what are we fixing again? I've what's been fixing things in this style for years. <laughs> I've been why do fixing... I keep buying all this broken shit? Yeah, why are you buying them? <laughs> it's amazing. Oh. Hey, no matter how good your notes are, you'll never run a great game without this bit of advice right here. That's oh. all I got. So oh, you never run video. a good game without that.
<laughs> okay, all right, sure. Yeah, fuck it. Whatever. You're trying to promote God. yourself. Whatever. I'm not going to take that one seriously because fucking that's crazy. That doesn't. No. <laughs> Amazing. Wow. What a video. You know, that was eight and a half minutes of torture. Go on. You know, you know I was going to point to Curse of Strahd. Yeah. As an example of a good module. I know, right? It is a good module. Why would you do that? It's broken. Apparently, though, it has too many words, brother. Yeah. yeah. There's so many. Like, I'm Awful. looking at it at my copy right now. There's what? Let me let me Wait, get. I, I, it's broken. I have to fix it by doing this process that looks exactly like taking notes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, before any of the appendices... Uh, let's see. Uh, oh gosh. No, no, I'll include those appendices, because they're not the handout appendices. Okay. 241 pages? No, more than that. Oh my god, sorry. Uh, d uh, 244 pages of just words, man, and pictures, man. Awful. Hate them. There's too many. Uh, I can't take notes like this. I can't read this. This is crazy. And if I do read this, my players will fall asleep They'll because they asleep. can't handle things being described to them. For more than, like, a second. It's crazy, I will not man. stop harping on that. I'm sorry. That's fine. That's I can't fine. help it. It's crazy. Okay, that video is not all that great. I agree. Yes. And, <laughs> and that's the one we end off on tonight. <laughs> I found... So, I was... Wait, I, really? Yeah, legitimately. Oh. I only had the two. I, I no, had, no, I mean, like, we're, we're just gonna, we're done? Well, we're, I'm gonna read comments and stuff, but yeah. Oh, that's, okay. That's well, that it. was so fast. I know, right? Two hours. That's what happens, yeah. man. Holy that's what shit. Happens. Um, they're both tiny videos, and <laughs> that second one took a lot more time than the first one. Yeah. A lot more to say about that. Uh, but yeah, let's read some comments, everybody. Excitement. Um, so... We got a few that have come from the back of last week that I didn't read. Um, these are all going to be the final comments from season four. Oh, woo! Because this is the start of season five. Don't forget. Yep. Does it feel that way? Yeah. No. <laughs> Feels no different. <laughs> That's right. That's what seasons do. Sometimes. Yep. Anyway. Okay. Uh. So. Let's see. Uh, I believe, yeah, all of these. Okay, so, first off, uh, from Garibay's 10 DM bullet points, the final reading, uh, Timothy says, Hello, bros. Guy did a nice job, uh, a great job in this episode. That's pretty much it. Still working on lore. Maybe next week. Have a nice day. Thank you. I hope you had a nice week. Um, wait, what? Oh, wait. Isn't that a Garibay complaint? Didn't he say he preferred length for a TTRPG book is like 100 pages or something? Oh, yeah, he was complaining on length. That's true. Man, crazy. Uh, don't worry, you still got Lux comments to read. Yeah, we're going to be here for another 45 minutes for sure. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, Rico on that same video says... Two and a quarter years of Garibay insanity finally completed. Truly, this is an end of an era. Yes. Mm. <laughs> Took us three years to fucking get through ten bullet points. <laughs> Oof. Amazing. Uh, and then, 
on session zero of Devils and Dice from Trick Tricky Lion forty seven. I think I showed you this, but uh, oh yes, yes, yeah. you did. I kept forgetting. I forgot to respond. <laughs> You're good. Hi, Prince Boo twenty one. Just wanted yes. to say thank you for introducing me to Monster Hunter. Try all those years ago. I yes. hope the new Monster Hunter Wilds trailer gave you the same joy it gave me and more. So nice. So wholesome. Yep. I am so happy that there was no sign of Spirit Birds. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. fuck them. <laughs> God. Uh, and then Rico on uh, our last cassette. Isn't that fun how they're mandatory? Oh yeah, right. Isn't it great that we've basically negated the usefulness of ancient potions? Mm-hmm. I dude, I wish that they would bring back the hot and cold drinks and just like have them used as what they were before, you know? I, I yeah. want I want to be limited by my items that I need to take because I need to prep, you know? Yes. I just it's it's fun to uh manage, you know? Yes. Yeah. It's so, no fun no. when it's just, like, handed to you. Mm-hmm. Half the fun of an RPG for me is literally prepping for the adventure. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Like, sometimes I just want to play not D&D, but an Excel spreadsheet. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, uh, so, yeah, Rico says on our last Cassette Beast uh, stream... Uh, yeah, it's if there's one thing the game could really improve on, it's tape, partner, and sticker management. Yes. Uh, granted, it became a lot easier for me once I maxed out all the relationships and romance Viola because she seemed the coolest to me and I wanted the achievement. So I just stuck with her and grabbed extra stick- starter tapes to give to the other companions to hold on to. But before that, it was kind of annoying, especially be- uh, because I spent a lot of time with just Kaylee and Eugene and then got the others in pretty quick succession, so I was swapping a decent amount. Yes. Mm. Yeah. Hopefully, yeah. If the if the partners didn't take their beasts with them and instead just swapped to the one that you know that was in that slot, it'd be completely fine. Yeah, I I think that it needs a little bit better for that management for sure. Um, okay. Uh, so big lore comment from Lux is is a thing as well on that episode. But uh, what I'm going to do is save that one for last because we have two shorter uh comments. I think yes, two shorter comments. That it came from last week, and then we'll finish off with that one. Uh, this, uh, it looks long, but that one has actually not a l- really long looks comment there. Okay. So, uh, Timothy, on Defending Dragons, our last episode. Hello, bros. Hope things are well. Thanks. Uh, yeah, this video makes me sad. Expectations, maybe? I know Pointy Hat can do uh, good stuff, but man, this is not that great. And it's not just me being a dragon fan. But if you are going to make a video like this, then you better do good research. Uh, he says dragons are a problem with no real reason given. Some of the so-called reasons are too many dragons, not a problem. Also, Mr. Hat, uh, you actually want a game about imagination to have less options? <laughs> Whenever someone says there are too many of a thing, that makes me think they were in charge uh, if they were in charge, they would just get rid of most of that thing. Uh, that's just a me thing, but I. Uh, but that's what I hear from that line. Uh, the books of D&D are mostly guidelines. If you don't like something in those guidelines, that's fine. But he, can ju- he just came off as bitter, like some dragon fans got on his case, which sucks. And I feel for him, but making a video is not always a good way to vent. <laughs> yeah. yeah. 
Uh, reason two, dragons are just meat sponges and nothing else, which is not a universal thing. You can do so many things with, uh, with dragons. And I know he knows this because he knows metallic dragons are, uh, are there, but he just blows past those, part of the to uh, those parts of the topic. While you can make any dragon type for any scenario. Uh, metallic dragons are made to better fit into role playing and storytelling. And since it's just a footnote in the video, he just wanted to make jokes and say dragons suck. Instead of making an argument why dragons are a problem. If you wanted to do that, then make a skit instead of a video essay. Uh, well, those are my thoughts. I guess I needed to vent uh, a bit myself, but it makes me feel better to add a video for all of us to have fun with. <laughs> fun is relative here. Uh, <laughs> after saying all I did... Fun I... for you! <laughs> <laughs> uh, after saying all I did, I do still enjoy Pointy Hat and wish him the best. Oh yeah, he still does good stuff sometimes. Um, best lore updates... Uh, or sorry, uh, lore updates still working on it. Maybe something will show up at some point. P.S. Thank you, Pointing Hat, for giving me the idea for Sugar Mommy, uh, Mama Dragon, and uh, Sugar Daddy Dragons. Have a nice mm -hmm. day. Thanks. Ulti yeah, no, ultimately, that that was a good video to share with us. Like, oh, yeah. I, I, I am glad I saw it as angry as it made me. Yes. Mm, yeah. Um, and ultimately, I kind of owe the fact that uh i owe the druggin to pointy hat that's yes. true um, yes we do owe that to pointy hat for sure <laughs> oh so it's all about taking the good with the bad yep <laughs> that's right uh lux on that same episode says no lore ready this time but congratulations on completing your fourth year thank you thank you um yeah. 4,000 XP, 100 GP, or sorry, 1,000 GP, and one high potion awarded. Knuckles approves your meme. Six orcs, five dwarves, and two elves were impressed by your channel. Palatina was impressed by your channel. Pit was impressed by your channel. Veridi was not impressed by your channel. Dark Pit ignored your channel. Medusa disliked mm -hmm. your video and left. Hades disliked all your videos and recommended Garibay. <laughs> Veridi recommended touching grass. A sex bot entered the chat. Veridi has been angered by presence of Sexpot. Veridi attacks uh, the Sexpot and, uh, and misses, punching an orc in the jaw. Blood from the orc's jaw arcs through the air and splashes a dwarf's beard. Dwarves are now at war with orcs. Elves enter war against dwarves and orcs. Humans attempt peace negotiations. Elves, dwarves, and orcs conclude peace agreement and jointly declare war against humans. Elves betray alliance and break truce with dwarves. Elf, Dwarf, and Orc factions are destroyed by humans. Veridi blames humans for devastation. Veridi is preparing reset bombs. Palatina issues diplomatic warning to Veridi against attacking humans. Veridi attacks humans. War in heaven begins. Hades has been impressed by your channel. <laughs> I feel like I just read a, a Total War campaign. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Thank you for that. All right. Although, let's be honest, I don't think the dwarves and the greenskins would ever fucking, no. like, ally for anything. No. Not even no, against no. chaos. No, not at all. No. Uh, alright, so, to conclude our comment readings, I will read Lux's five-part comment. Oh, boy. <laughs> First part is not that long. The other parts are. Okay. <laughs> Here we go. So. Lore is now ready. To celebrate the momentous conclusion of our Lord's teaching, I will now do what I was going to do anyway and post it up. Oh, nice. 
Returning to Dragatoan history, we will now concern ourselves with the era of our expansion to the stars. Archive data suggests... Oh, this is really short. Oh, my God. Uh, sorry. <laughs> Archive data suggests that at least 100,000 standard years have passed since our civilization's first colony venture... Uh, colonial venture into interstellar space, and carbon dating of the oldest known Dragatoan remains car uh, corroborates this data. Unfortunately, the sheer volume of history after such a long period of time has been impossible to maintain with complete accuracy, with events and dates falling more and more to guesswork as they move further into the past. Even the identity of our homeworld of Shadengard has been remembered only through a titanic effort, and its precise location is now long forgotten. The long calendar, in quotes, of our history is referred to as an interstellar calendar, or the interstellar, excuse me, upon which a number of periods are arranged according to our rough estimates of the years when each began and ended. The year one uh, IC simply indicates the beginning of the Dragatone Empire's time as a spacefaring civilization in a general sense. What specific events uh, event it refers to makes no substan uh, substantive uh, difference. The landing of the Empire's first interstellar colony ship, the initial discovery of FTL technology, or even the launch of the first primitive spacecraft into low orbit over Shadengard all fall within the margin of error of a single interstellar calendar year. Next. Oh, these are all way shorter than I expected. Oh my goodness. Okay. Um, the first period we will discuss was the first expansion, encompassing the years 1 to 5000 IC. This era saw the Empire at its most peaceful and politically centralized, with the Imperial Court able to focus primarily on governing Shadengard itself while still maintaining direct authority over the colonies. This was, of course, primarily due to the relatively small size and low population of the Empire at that time, and the lack of any significant external threats. Expansion was, however, slow during this time held back by the limitations of early FTL technology, underdeveloped interstellar infrastructure, and limited population available for newly colonized worlds. Not much was to be found in the way of military forces, as no real incentive existed for extensive defense spending. A number of small flotillas did patrol the major spaceways to discourage piracy, while uh, colonial gendarmerie uh, were deemed sufficient. Is it gendarmerie or gendarmerie? Mm -hmm. I don't actually know. Um, I can't say that I'm familiar with that word. I'm not familiar with it either. So, um, uh, let's find out what it means. Sorry, I, I will take a small detour so that we may learn something. Uh, gendarmerie? No, I hate learning! <laughs> gendarmerie. Gendarmerie. Okay. The headquarters of a force of gendarmes, which is an armed police officer in France and other French-speaking countries, or a rock pinnacle on a mountain occupying and blocking an aret? Arete? I don't know what that is either. Okay. A-R-R-E-T? No, A-R-E with a, uh, I think it was a carrot over it. T-E. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not going to go down the rabbit hole oh, any further. Oh, uh, a stop. 
Oh. Okay. Uh, uh, array, I believe. I ah, think. that I've heard that word before. Okay, array. Gotcha. Oh, um. Uh. So colonial gendarmerie. Uh, were deemed sufficient to serve the dual role of police forces and ground armies. I could have read further and then have known more things. Okay. <laughs> A relatively strong military presence was maintained on Shattengard itself, which could be deployed against any rebelling colony, but primarily concerned itself with maintaining order on the homeworld. For the most part, colonial rebellion was prevented by the economic interdependence of the colonized worlds with the rest of the empire, and the general perception that the central state was overall beneficial to the colonists. While this... Uh, paints an idyllic picture of these early colonies, Shattengard itself was not so peaceful. Ambitious nobles and government officials still sparred with one, ano one another, while disaffected commoners often rose up and attempted to break their local region away from the imperial, imperial state, or to at least force some form of redress for their grievances. In some ways, the Empire's home world often seemed more like an occupied planet than any of its colonies. Thus, despite the age of peace, talk, uh, peace taking place among the stars, the Imperial Army was never truly left without an enemy to fight. In the entirety of the first expansion, the most distant planet colonized was no more than 600 light-years from Shattengard, though the colonies established within that area numbered in the thousands. This area would remain the core of the Empire for several more millennia after the end of that period. Um, let me take a drink before I start this mm -hmm. next. <clears throat> okay. What follows the first expansion is currently referred to as the Consolidation Era, assigned the years 5000 to 10,000 IC. This period has been referred to by less flattering names, including the Stellar Dark Age and the Log Long Stagnation, due to its common perception as an era of turmoil and imperial decline. In fact, the Empire neither stagnated nor declined overall in this period, though it did find itself faced with new, chal uh, with new challenges of governance as its colonies reached maturity their populations becoming as difficult to manage as that of Shattengard itself. The Imperial Court proved capable of meeting these challenges, though the large degrees of authority delegated to sector and colonial governments as part of the necessary adjustments ushered in a new age of feudalism that would continue for the rest of the Dragatoan history. The lords of this new feudal system were quick to develop their own military forces as both a means of enforcing their authority over uh, their own subjects and to protect themselves from their feudal peers, thus ending the imperial court's near monopoly on armed force. In response to this change, the Shadonian army was greatly expanded and reorganized as the Praetorian Starfleet, a force of far greater size and strength than what any sector or planetary level government could achieve alone. Though this fleet was enormously expensive to maintain, the point of straining the uh, to the point of straining the imperial budget at times, it did ensure the military supremacy of the imperial house over the new nobility. 
Unfortunately, this dynamic still forced the empire, uh, the emperors to view the nobles as political rivals to be held in check through power and cunning, rather than servants of the state whose loyalty could be counted on. This also caused the balance of real political power to shift once again towards the supreme military officer uh, of the empire, the Imperator Generalissimo, to whom the Praetors of the Starfleet reported directly. Of at least equal importance, uh, colonial expansion was slowed considerably during this period as the Empire's focus shifted to political stabilization and consolidation within its existing space. To be clear, the Empire at the time did not consider itself limited to a territorial boundary. However, it did recognize the physical range of military and economic power projection, and established this as, a uh, as the legal limit for sanctionized colonization. Even within this range, the establishment of new colonies still required imperial approval. In theory, the inhabitants of these unsanctioned colonies were left to fend for themselves, barred from commerce with imperial worlds, and afforded no imperial protection from planetary or space-borne hazards. This generally held true in practice as well, though exceptions were occasionally made in the case of colonies that found some exceptionally valuable resource to offer. The Empire did always plan to absorb these colonies eventually, but would make no commitment until sufficient resources were available for their integration. Unfortunately, this policy drove quite a few of the unsanctioned colonies to pursue unsanctioned means of survival and profit, creating fertile ground for piracy and smuggling, which in turn prompted a rise in graft and corruption throughout the imperial bureaucracy. The imperial response to this varied, uh, to this varied across the millennia from uh, permissive to quite brutal. Uh, with the raising of entire colonies counted among the worst acts ever committed in the Empire's name. However, that's right. However, as is typical throughout Dragatoan history, the political backlash from the most infamous of these atrocities was borne by the Imperator rather than the Emperor. This led to a repeating cycle as overly brutal Imperators would be replaced by more lenient ones to appease the angry masses only for the descendants of these new Imperators to return to brutality as piracy again grew out of hand. Uh, around the 10,000 year IC, the Empire de deemed its core region sufficiently developed to resume galactic colonization at full pace. The new era of expansion to follow, lasting from 10,000 to 30,000 IC, has been deemed the Golden Empire Period. This era looks back on the one before, as, uh, before it as barbaric and regressive, setting a tone for uh, historical thought regarding the Consolidation Era, which Dragatoan scholars have not shaken off since. Spacefold and Stargate technologies had fully matured by that time, uh, the first of these allowing pioneering vessels to reach new stars far more rapidly than before and the second allowing the near-instant transit of ships between settled star systems. As population grew to keep pace, the Empire eventually found itself settling uh, thousands of planets per day, completing full galactic colonization by the end of the period. In this era, Dragatoans largely ignored the younger civilizations and proto-civilizations being discovered across the galaxy, 
deeming them unthreatening but leaving whatever systems they already inhabited alone. Whenever such civilizations would collapse, Dragatoan colonists were quick to help themselves to whatever resources were left behind, but direct war of aggression against indigenous aliens was prohibited by imperial policy, and the Empire preferred to remain unknown to them. At the end of the Golden Empire era, Dragatoans were beginning to consider the challenge of venturing to other galaxies beyond their own. However, that ambition would be interrupted by the Long Strife, which began somewhere around 30,000 IC and continued another 30 millennia. The events of that era will be discussed next. Cool. Mm. Thank you for the lore. A lot of good stuff. Yes. Oh, thank you, everybody, of course, for all of your comments that you leave whenever you do. Um, they're all fun to read. I enjoy myself yeah. when I read. Um, few things here. Uh, uh kind of low on lore at the moment. That's all right, Timothy. Don't worry. Take your time. You know, you're good. You don't have to rush it out. Um, my lore is kind of a transition period at this point. Just connecting the stuff that came before to the stuff that's coming ahead. I see, Lux. That's fair. Um, I'm so glad my first shared video worked out so well. Yeah, you did it, Timothy. Pat yourself on the back. You're right. Uh, I think I organized the cha that, chain co uh, that comment chain by subject so they didn't all necessarily hit the character limit. Ah, I see. Fair enough, Lux. Um, I wish I had lore for when we have a full table like this. Damn slow brain. Ah, it's okay. Mm -hmm. Don't worry about it. Um, gendarmerie is a military slash police hybrid system. Yes. The Google definition is modern, but it goes back to the medieval era. Oh, oh, wow. oh military slash police. So it's American, actually. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> hey, we've stolen so much from the French. Let's be fair. <laughs> it's true. And yet we um, still shit all over them for that's whatever right. reason. For whatever reason. Uh, great show, guys. Thank you. Indeed. Uh, I actually meant to say quantum transfer and space fold, but I botched writing that. Quantum transfer is for traveling to new locations, and space fold is for ga uh, gating between colonized systems. Gotcha. Okay, fair enough. Well, um, that's all the comments, so again, mm. thank you for those. Um, I'm going to talk about uh, all of the other things for a little bit here um, and tell you about money and things about money. I did my taxes recently. Oh um, my god. That was a time I owe the government money, so I'm gonna mm. pay them. <laughs> it sucks. Um, yeah. But you can contribute to me doing taxes and owing the government more money. <laughs> How's that for a transition? Pay uh, <laughs> so he can pay the government. That's right. <laughs> um, considering I just can't you can fucking... indirectly give the government money. That's right. <laughs> Through us. We're just the middlemen. That's right. Considering I can't make this an LLC because the fucking site never lets me go through to make an LLC, uh, I have to do all this as a, so uh, as a uh, uh, solo proprietorship or whatever the fuck it is. So mm. I have to pay the government money, which is fun. Um, I don't mind. It's fine. Um, but you can give us money to make me pay money to the government. By either uh, joining the Patreon, like these lovely people here, or going over to Kofi and donating directly there, or joining the membership that is the same exact kind of thing, 
uh, for benefits and such through there. Um, up to you if you want to. Uh, you don't have to, of course. But uh, a big thank you goes out to all of our table flippers over on Patreon. That being in tier four, we have Draco Kraken, Mog Zero, Rick, aka Unit Rico, Slazer, and Steely. Big thank you for that tier four that you've continued for five years. Well, four years starting now, five. But like, legitimately, some of you have been doing this for since we've had the thing. So, yes. fucking thanks. <laughs> fucking crazy. It's, it's crazy. It's insane. Uh, and of course, a thank you to Crimson Rose Armok, aka Lux, in tier two. Uh, big thank you, of course, as well. Um, and uh, a thank you to our tier one contributor as well. Um, if you would like to join again, all the links are going to be in the description of the show, uh, aka uh, some people call them the show notes on the on the audio podcast kind of thing. So check the show notes, uh, mm. I guess. Um, uh, oh, before I continue on, I, I do have to talk about one other thing um, that was brought to my attention during a gaming stream that we were doing. Um, for Yakuza, uh, mm. we were told, um, I was told by Timothy that some of the videos for Devils and Dice are blocked. Yes. Um, and I've been looking into that, and I've been trying to get uh, episode 5, session 5, to get back up there. And um, this was uh, before I was able to do what I currently have been doing for years now, of uh, having multiple tracks for one of the, for some of the audio. So, like, the Discord audio is on its own track, the PC audio for the game and everything is on its own track. My audio is on its own track as well. Um, and uh, this was before that, so it's all kind of mixed together, unfortunately. Mm. So I don't know if I can get episode 5 back in a way Ooh. that YouTube will allow. Because when I tried, I uploaded it and um, with, a, with a fix uh, for the time that it specified. And it was like, hey, guess what? Uh, no. If you want to cut out the music, you got to cut out like over like three fifths of the video oh and make it God. silent. And I was like, oh, that's fair. Well, that okay. can't work. I can't do that. Uh, so we'll I'll see what I can do. Um, the later stuff I might be able what to you, do way easier. If it's something that you can't fix in a normal, like a logical way, something you may need to wind up doing is effectively just having like a recap yeah i think I, you I might just go in and be yes. like hey this is the situation exactly. i'm really sorry but i have to effectively recap it otherwise yes. this is just lost to time exactly that is that is the plan um if i yeah. can't fix it so yes i'm sorry if that is what's going to have to happen for it um mm -hmm. i know some people were able to watch it beforehand um it just means that future washings of it you can't unfortunately uh if that yeah. is the case i will do my best though i'm going to yes. do my best to try to get it all back up and able to be viewed the later stuff i do have at least um multiple tracks on um i don't know when it was that i started to do that when i actually got the plugin and everything working for obs that allows me to do that mm -hmm. um so i i hope that at least for 34 that one is at least long enough away from then that I can actually do that to it. Um, mm -hmm. It might just be that it just becomes like there's no music in the background for that episode and such. So, yeah. but everything else will still be up and everything. I'm going to do my best, like I said. So please be patient with me um, yes. while I get that up. Don't worry. It's no. there's not like a <laughs> billion people clamoring to watch this shit. <laughs> 
<laughs> no, it's true, but at the same time, you know. Um, yeah, I'm helping. Yes, you were, Timothy. Thank you. Um, I appreciate. I shot and... a duck in the head while I was asleep for two thousand damage. <laughs> nice. Um, <laughs> and and if uh, this is a general thing, of course, if anybody finds anything that's amiss or askew like that, again, please let me know so that I can work on it because I YouTube doesn't tell me things sometimes, which mm, is really annoying. Most of the time. Yeah. Most of the time, which is really annoying. So I don't know because that stuff was like limited in like, oh, it was fine, but you couldn't do ads on it for a long time. I think it was. And I was like, OK, I'll just leave it. And yeah. now I, I I found that it's just getting blocked. So, yeah, eh. um, Fucking stupid. Thankfully, there's no like strikes or anything because the companies don't care about our tiny channel, which is fine. Um, <laughs> we're going to keep it that way. Hopefully in future we'll have. Music that, like, I literally licensed a thing for music, and uh, I know, Boo, you were getting custom music as well for I'm getting thing custom later. music for my own shit. Yeah, exactly. So that's a way later thing, of course. But, like, yes. I'm hoping that in future we won't have this issue with any future campaigns. Mm. Um, future, future, future. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, that's a thing. Anyway, um, to continue with shilling to you about money and such, uh, mm. you can... You can go over to our website, buy our dice off it right now, um, 15 bucks, uh, support us in other ways. He still ways, has 99 sets. I do still have 99 sets. They're all behind me on this shelf, I think. Yes. Nobody uh, wants them. That's right. Nobody wants them. It's fine. Um, it makes me sad. Uh, it makes me happy. <laughs> whenever people do want them, man, you'll be ready. Oh, yeah. They're here. They're ready. <laughs> I have the bags and everything right there ready for me to just put them all in, put them in the envelope, and ship them off. It's, Hell yeah. I'm ready. Um, so, yeah, get some dice if you want. If not, I'm just going to keep them forever. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> go over to Tee Public, get our logo on a shirt. Um, I forgot to show you guys a thing. I got to show you guys a thing after this. Um, and, uh, yeah, get it on whatever you want, mugs, uh, shirts, wall art, whatever the fuck, um, and support us, uh, that way, uh, yeah. as well as going over to Humble Bundle using the link in the description, uh, and, uh, using it to buy whatever you want through the store, through the choice, through the, um, the bundles themselves. Um, I hear bad things about Suicide Squad, so don't, don't get that. <laughs> <laughs> uh it's it, it's like front and center on the banner here so it's like uh don't do that um mm. <laughs> but uh uh you know um anything you get through here can, will support us as well as tabletop oh alliance damage <laughs> <laughs> tabletop alliance which is linked in the description uh, for you to find out about their charity work that they do with tabletop stuff um there's a cyberpunk red bundle right now that i would recommend Ooh. Um, nice. it is 23 items for 18 bucks. That's fucking worth it in spades. I might mm. actually get that, uh, if I don't have all of these things. I don't know if I do or not. But it's got, it's got a lot of red stuff, and it's got some other stuff from 2020 as well, so you can mix nice. and match a little bit there. Um, man, they came out with Cyberpunk Red in 2020? Yeah, How man. How forward-thinking they were. It's crazy. <laughs> um, so that's, that's a bundle that I would recommend right now uh still has a bunch of other stuff here that you can sort through get some stuff uh go to go wild go use the link and find something that you like and if you if you don't want to then hey there you go i can't tell you what to do i'm not your dad there it is he's on uh, the line <laughs> uh all right yeah <laughs> yay <laughs> um 
Anyway, uh, that's that's all that stuff. I'm pretty sure. I don't know if yeah. it's, oh, uh, <laughs> we have a PO box if you care. Uh, it's in the description. Uh, what else? You can send us an email to our fucking email if you want. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. What? Send us a fax as well. Yes, yeah, it's, it's fax us. Yeah, that's right. Uh, <laughs> I don't have the fax number that's, there, so try it. That's how Lux is gonna start sending in comments. Hell yeah! <laughs> I'll have to buy a fax machine. <laughs> Fuck yeah! What else did I have for fucking? I don't know what else we have for supporting stuff. I don't pay attention to. It. But join our Discord. <laughs> I don't know. Like, we got a lot of stuff. Donate directly through the link for the stream elements thing so you can come up on the screen during the show. I don't know. Yep. Do whatever you want. I don't care. Fucking <laughs> God. God. Anyway. Um, Baka. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. Thank you again to everybody for hanging out and watching the show, and uh, those of you in the future who are going to watch the VOD and everything. You know, I would mail letters to your P.O. Box's comments, please. <laughs> you can do that if you want. I don't care. Um, just tell me if you do, because I'll have to go and find and, and uh, get them, because I'm not notified <laughs> when anything's in there. Um, anyway, uh, so thank you once again for hanging out with us uh, for the evening. Um, a little shorter of a, an episode today. Uh, not the shortest we've ever done. Uh, but it is, uh, it happens sometimes, you know, the, the plans, uh, are a little short. Um, and we'll see you next week. Welcome to season five, year oh five. Wowie. Yes. Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye. Go goodbye. Goodbye now. Leave. <laughs>